77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Even more allegations about Congressman George Santos, this time about allegedly stealing money from a disabled veteran. A lot to keep track of. There's also new information about where his mother really was on 9-11 and demands from a judge today on an old international criminal case. A major defeat for Governor Kathy Hochul as progressive lawmakers vote down her choice to lead the state's highest court. Many see Governor Hochul's decision to nominate Hector LaSalle as an unforced error, picking a former prosecutor regarded as too conservative at a time when progressives want the court to serve as the liberal counterpoint to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mayor Adams was in Washington where the asylum seeker crisis took center stage at the annual conference of mayors and where he brought up the idea once again that the city could house migrants on cruise ships. Every attempt to deal with this immigration on a national level through legislation has been sabotaged mostly by right-wing opposition. The cities are bearing the brunt of this Excess beautiful girl 604 on your Thursday morning, right back here on the Nielsen rated number one news talk show in New York City, the self proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's me, that's us. Sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I love that song. Beautiful girl, that's a great stay band. with me. You like him? This is an amazing band. He's dead though a long time now, and it's a very interesting documentary on him. By the way, if you ever find the it. name again was like a Mick Hutchinson Michael, or something. Michael Hutchinson. Michael Hutchinson. So again, Hutchins. for folks that don't know, they they said they found him dead in his closet, hung with his own belt. And the story was was he was um, it was sex. He was he was trying to uh, cut off his uh, his air his, his breathing. You know his um, airflow. Yeah, 
Let's yeah. see how people like to do that when they have sex, which I think is ridiculous. But well, the official explanation is erotic asphyxiation. Is that what they said? Erotic asphyxiation. Erotic asphyxiation. Is yeah. what it's called. It was a phenomenon back. You it was try. a big deal. I know a lot of people, were, a lot of the rock and roll guys were doing that. Yeah. We tried it after McSorley's one night. I think we did. Forgot. Yes. You you're forgot. right. You're you right. Forgot. Yeah. We survived he, though. No, we we're here. <laughs> he, he didn't was, make it. He was having. There was this whole torrid affair he was having with Bob Geldof's ex. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, he was, well, with, was she the woman that he did that with when he when he died? I don't know, but I think at the time he was wow. having her. I think they were separated. He he had a new a, a long uh, bunch of relationships with a lot of. He was a handsome guy. Yes. He was a good looking guy. Very, he was rock star looks. Yeah, man. and they had the band in excess was killing it. Yep. So I'm not surprised to hear any of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little uh, foggy on it, but I think I forgot no. her name, too, uh, Bob Geldof's ex. But they... well, he's got to be dead 20 years. No, yeah. or maybe a little less. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to go with 20 years. Okay. Beautiful girl, stay, stay with, with me. me. Yeah, Phil, you like that song? No. No. <laughs> I came in saying, what is this? Yeah, and I know before I even ask him what he's going to say. 1997. Oh, my God. He's dead 26 years. That's how long I've been alive on this earth. How old are you, Phil? 25. I'm wow. 26. How about that? He's I, dead longer than Phil's alive. Yeah, isn't that the year you were born, Phil? Yeah. What, what day was when you uh, died? November 22nd, uh, 1997. Yeah, so died. I was like six months old. When is your time. birthday November 22nd? No. Oh, because my son Gabriel is on uh, November 24th. When is, uh, I'm what? an April boy like you. Oh, you're an Aries or a no, Taurus? No, I'm a Taurus. You're after the, the 20th. Yeah. What's your birthday again? Um, April. No, oh, I know what day, you <laughs> moron. I know oh, April. My bad. <laughs> Are well, you afraid to say? I'm, what? I'm the oh, 19th. I'm the last. I'm, I'm right on the cusp. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm almost a May guy. I'm a 29er. Oh, you're a 29er. My grandma Anne, my father's mother, who was a very evil woman, <laughs> she once said of me, after my young cousin Jeffrey died of a rare disease, why couldn't it have been you instead? I swear to God, right in front of Danielle. Oh, my. She's an April 29 baby also. So. Oh, my. And she had a personality like yours. I wish I had the gall to say that to someone someday. <laughs> my it's, own grandmother. It's really amazing. Like, my to, own, right in front of my, my Danielle was, wasn't even my wife at that point. To just have the gall to, say, to tell She was so that. mad at me, she said it should have been you. Mm. You believe that, Lewis? I believe it. That's the generation, boy. Greatest generation. Yeah, no more in Delray Beach, <laughs> and she's dying, and uh, I'm standing by the bed, and I, I, I could have sworn she was like, you know, out of it. I could have sworn that she actually smiled or did something because I showed up. And my wife goes, wait a second. This is the same woman that said two years ago it should have been you, not your cousin Jeffrey. Why do you think she was happy to see you? I said, it's hard to explain, but she really did love me. She did, in her own way, you know, her own uh, evil way. Yeah, and I cried when she died, and Danielle was like, why? <laughs> wow. Talk about Danielle. We had a wonderful dinner last night. So I walk in this morning, and uh, I'm wearing a pair of jeans, and I'm wearing a, a really beautiful Joseph Aboud cashmere sweater, which shows off my, my upper body and the guns and all that stuff, you know. I'm in great shape. And, but I feel fat today. So I go to Justin Ellick, who's become such a patronizing, you know, just a little wussy boy. I go to Ellick. I go, do I look fat today? And he responds with, and you know what he's going to say. He responds with, no, to be honest, you look really great. Ah, oh, shut up. Right, exactly. So then I go look in the mirror, but, you know, he's, he's actually kind of right. I actually do oh, look really no, What did you up. think the response was? <laughs> of course. Oh, my yeah. God. I, he, you know, he could have been like, well... 
You're you don't look great, but he, he was uh, very quick to say how nice I looked. And I like how you don't ask me those questions anymore. I'm just trying to be such nice. a negative. Oh, you are, so you didn't mean that. Well, no. You, I don't, mean, think I, you don't think but, my upper body looks amazing in this? I'm 55 well, years old. Listen, I, I could I could have taken the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Like, uh, yeah. with, with but my you were very enthusiastic. That's what I'm very, saying. He's trying I, to get a raise. Right. I mean, like, actually, scary. right after right after I said it, I was like, why, I was like, why, why would you like why would you why would you say uh, something like yeah. that? Yeah, you know? sounds gay to be honest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, weird. Well, I ate a lot last night. We had this wonderful. I came back in last night, and once again, I co-hosted Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis, who I loved dearly. It was me, John, and Peter King. How about that for an all-star cast? And then uh, John and Margot love her, and Emily love her, Chad love him, Doctor Mark Siegel, and me and Danielle. The seven of us went out for dinner. A great Italian restaurant on the Upper East Side. And uh, John, as always, John picked up the bill. He's great like that. And uh, soup to nuts. A lot of laughs. Great dinner. And then I got home and I felt fat. I felt full. I don't know. I I didn't even eat that much. We had some type of pasta thing beforehand. Then I had the uh, chicken parmesan. Me and John had the chicken parmesan. And then even dessert was only fruit. It was like watermelon and like honeydew. No cheesecake or, or chocolate cake, or and I just felt gross. I don't know. I love the amount of detail you go into, like the food. I know people love that. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah. Anyway, but the Reds are a great restaurant. You can never go there, Phil, because it's you know, no. They wouldn't even let me. Dollars. in. You you have to wait after our pants. <laughs> you aside from yeah, yeah, aside from yeah. the, the price, I wouldn't yeah. even make it that far. They just at the door. They would. You, you would have loved it though. Are you a big Italian food guy? I don't think you are. Uh, I, I like Italian food. I'm not big. Not yet. It. See, that's, that's my favorite by a mile, oh, like a mile. Yeah, is Huge. it? Oh Huge. my god, not Huge. even close. I, li- yeah. I like Italian food. I mean, who doesn't? Really, it's right it's after great. Polynesian stuff. That's his favorite. You like the Polynesian stuff? Oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh. I, I actually, it's, I like food from everywhere. You do? I think so. Well, what is the the dish from Macedonia, your homeland, that people love here in the United States? What's the Macedonian? Delicacy. Uh, Budek is good. What is that now? B- Budek. <laughs> Don't make up stuff. Just, I'm asking a serious totally question. Made, he totally made that up. I know. That's I'm, I'm asking a serious uh, question. Sovlaki. That's Greek. Sovlaki <laughs> is the Greeks. Well, we make it too. We have it. Um, How close is Macedonia to Greece? It's fairly close. Yeah. So whatever they do, you do, basically. You don't, you, don't, you don't really have an identity. You stole everything from the Greeks, the Macedonians. That's not true. It's Alexander, not true? Alexander the Great was Macedonian. He wasn't Greek. Wasn't he a bad guy? Says who? Who? All right. To be history. Fair, what do you mean? Says who? Is there a single person like before the year before, born before the year eighteen hundred that was not a bad person? Jesus Christ! What about that guy? Stop swearing. Nice oh. Jewish kid from Lawrence, Long Island. Bar Mitzvah Woodmere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He got one. There's not two though. Good carpenter. There's not two. No. Are you you're telling me what about uh, his father uh, uh, Vito? Yeah. Vito, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. I feel like everyone back then, you just like you know, you you, di- you do a little digging, and they're like, oh, he was like a pedophile, or oh, he killed what? He, he stoned uh, some <laughs> child because <laughs> just, uh, no. he looked at him. Funny. You know, Phil's it. probably right. Okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're all bad. Actually, they're all bad people. people. Yeah. Everyone's they're a bad person. Take over that all changed when Donald Trump took over, of course. <laughs> yeah, in 2016 is when people started becoming good. <laughs> yeah. So, what is Macedonia most famous for? Again, the the delicacy for Macedonia is budek. You know what I had in South Florida. That I've never had here in New York. I've been to Avra Pizza, which is a, no, which is a great Greek restaurant. Uh, we go to a place in Howard Beach once in a while. It's, far, it's hard to find really great Greek food. We went to Astoria, two or three places there. Astoria is good. That's a, yeah, that's a good place. Greeks, for... yeah. But I got to tell you, the best Greek food I ever had was a place called Estia, which is in uh, East Boca. 
in Boca Raton. And their dessert, the only place I've ever had this, chocolate baklava. And I'm telling you, mm. it was orgasmic. Mm. Chocolate baklava. Phil, you would have loved it. I don't think so. I don't like baklava. Okay, then I take that back. No. You know, I've mentioned three things today that I thought you'd like, and you hated every single one. Yeah, we'll yeah. start naming things I like. You haven't mentioned, yeah. like, you know, I don't know what you like. Besides basketball, I don't know anything. It's really a short list. Basketball, and uh, you li- I don't even know if you like girls. Do you? Yeah. yeah it's a tough you know. call. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, not even. They mentioned. annoy you. They take you away from watching basketball. That's what it is. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a lot yeah. of work. Yep, any obstacle in the basketball. For so you yeah. tie one up and then just not worry about See, it See, like forever. my son, for example, he's become a, uh, another basketball freak like Phil. And a lot of that goes Get back. Get away. Get no, him away I'll tell now. you why. It's a psychological thing. Because when he was, again, when he was a baby, you know the story. The doctor said he won't be able to play ball. He has dyspraxia. And then he goes to the basketball court with daddy during COVID before this uh, Putz Cuomo shut everything down and de Blasio. And he's hitting baskets. And I'm like, oh, my God, son, you're doing everything the doctor said you were not going to be able to do. And I start to cry. you know. And my son never forgot that. So now he's like. Basketball makes my daddy happy. He's happy I can play it. So now he's really, he dives in. He knows every player in the NBA like Phil. But here's the difference. Now he finds out, he's 14 now, there's a girl in his class that likes him, cute girl. Uh-oh. And he likes her. Uh-oh, that's even worse. So last night we go for dinner, Danielle and I, and Gabe was all too happy to stay back in the hotel room. Now tonight, courtesy of Joe Tacopino, who's in Italy, I've got two great tickets for the Rangers and the Bruins in his club seats, which I'm going to. Big, big game. Big game. And Gabe had the first opportunity. All he wants to do is sit in the hotel room, not watch the NBA. That's what he's done for a year and a half. Not watch the NBA. Text the girl. So I'm taking Danielle to the hockey game. But the point is, now the girl has replaced the NBA. For you, you're still on basketball, so you must be a latent homosexual. That's the only conclusion you can really draw yeah, from this. that's all I can think of. And what, what else is there? I mean, Lou, you agree with that? Uh, unless the girl's bringing Budek, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> that she has no well, shot. What, what is Budek exactly? Budek, B-U-R-E-K. Fine, what oh, is wow, it? Wow, I said it's it so like wrong. A, what is it? It's like a, almost like a, it's hard to explain. It's like a feta cheese pie. Oh, I love feta cheese. You know, every morning I get a feta cheese omelet. I'm like, egg white omelet with feta cheese Yes, I do, and spinach. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah feta cheese is big in the household. Oh, it's like something you eat with everything. Oh, you can't, you can't go wrong with feta cheese, no. So big stories today. Donald Trump did speak yesterday. This LaSalle, that doesn't get done for the Governor Hochul. Huge loss for Kathy Hochul. We'll talk to Governor George Pataki about that. Uh, obviously, this George Santos story is still out there. In fact, I believe we've got an update on that story. Alex Barnard, who was part of the early morning news... Is he on Frank Morano's show also? We've talked about this like almost every yeah, day. Yeah, I forget. Freaking, I don't just know. don't remember. I'm surprised you actually got his you name. You know what? Right. Is, I, I, I got to be honest, and I'm going to sound like a dick. I just don't care. <laughs> you will. The <laughs> only show that matters to me outside of John's show on this station is mine. Because the truth is, this is so far and away the best show and John's show. I just don't care. You're not listening to. Curtis is fine. Curtis at 1215 talking he, about you. He's entertaining. He's got me. He talks about you. I left this station and be out of business. He gets good ratings at 1215 because he talks about me. But, um,. Well, I forgot my train of thought here. Oh, Alex Barnard, what show was he on? Is he on Rita Cosby's show? He does work with Rita, yeah. And Dominic. But is he on the air with these people? Well, not Rita and Dominic. No. I think he's. it's like kind of like us where he just pops in and out for Frank, I'm assuming. Right. Well, the other day when uh, Bill O'Reilly and Howard Stern had their little thing, and Bill's coming on today, we're not going to talk about Stern. But um, I went to Alex Barnard and I said, how about you cut 
a news story, like a fake news story, about this O'Reilly-Howard Stern long-time battle. And it was very good. And then the, now last week when, um, <clears throat> excuse me, who died last week? The, uh, the guitarist, Lewis? Jeff, Jeff Beck. Right. When Jeff Beck died, he did another fake news story about that. So he's done two. And they were both very, very good. And I'm all too happy to put people from this station on this show because the truth is they all want to be on this show, whether it's Curtis or anybody else. This is the show to be on. So um, now I come in in the morning and I notice that without asking Alex Barnard, there's already cuts in here from my show from Alex Barnard. <laughs> well, this, uh, whose fault is this? What do you mean? It's my fault. I'm trying to be nice to the kid. Give him an opportunity. I shouldn't say fault. That's a strong word. <laughs> I mean, really. But it's kind of cute. I mean, I, I like the enthusiasm. Yes. I love the fact he's dying to be on. And he does, you know, do stories that matter. Last week, Jeff Beck. Today, George Santos. So here it is, Alex Barnard with his new story of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, don't run away. Come back. Which he does by himself now without even asking me. Sitting friends in the morning, here's Alex Barnard, the latest on George Santos. I'm Alex Barnard with your 77 WABC fake news on this Thursday, January 19th edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Now, this is a story that's been making headlines today that kind of makes it hard to be objective as an anchor, as a reporter. So I'm not going to be. George Santos accused of stealing funds for veterans dying dog. Um, (laughs) No, come on. Wow. That's pretty horrible. Apparently what happened here is that George Santos had run a GoFundMe page for sick pets that raised over $3,000 for this veteran's dog. And once that money was raised, he was pretty much nowhere to be found. The veteran, Rich Ostoff, spoke to NBC News. I'm embarrassed that I I allowed him to screw me and my dog over like this. It's embarrassing. Now, to lie your way into Congress, that's pretty bad in and of itself. But to steal money from a veteran that he's raising for his dying dog, you're a pretty sick person. And that's putting it mildly. Now, in the spirit of objectivity, I will note that when contacted by the news outlet Semaphore, Santos claimed that he had no idea who this Rich Ostoff was. But given his record of resume embellishment, as he likes to call it, I think it's pretty hard to believe that he's telling the truth on this one. I'm Alex Barnard with your 77 WABC fake news. Here's another story about George Santos. Santos, also known as drag queen named Kitara in Brazil over a decade ago. Supposedly, while living in Brazil, where he committed more crimes, he was a drag queen. Have you heard this? No. I don't even know what to believe anymore. I don't even know. George Santos, what a mess. He ain't going anywhere, folks. I'll tell you that. He ain't going anywhere unless they criminally indict this guy. He's on two committees, sworn in, and now he's on two committees. Big, big show coming your way today. Judge Napolitano, Governor Pataki, Bill O'Reilly, and more surprises along the way. Here's some more in excess on a Thursday morning with me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. 
busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train, and us feeling near as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained, and rode us all the way into New Orleans. song that driving knew Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose Nothing, I mean nothing, honey, if it ain't free And feeling good was easy long when he sang the blues You know, feeling good was good enough for me Good enough for me and my Bobby Hard to believe that Janis Joplin has been dead all these years. But believe it or not, Janis Joplin would have been 80 years old today. 80 years old. No, about the Janis Joplin right here, man. She did this song at Woodstock, I think, right? Um, sure she did. Yes, w- she did. Yes, she did. I wasn't there, but... That's why you got to go to, um, what's it called again now? Um, Bethel. Bethel Woods, yes. You got to check it out, bro. I know. The uh, just, just the end... <clears throat> Well, I got something I was talking in my throat here all morning now, so I sound like I missed. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, movie. It's like 30 minutes at the very end of the museum. One of these, like, panoramic movie things. And uh, they do all the highlights from the Woodstock show. Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner. Helicopters landing. Bands. All that. Yeah. Kids in the Mud. Joe Cocker. Sly and the Family Stone. Janis Joplin. Grateful Dead. All of it. It's amazing. It really is. So happy birthday to Janice Joplin, even though she's dead. Coming up uh, at 740, Judge Napolitano, 805, Governor George Pataki, 840, Bill O'Reilly. And we'll do a football spot, I think, at 905. Haven't decided yet who to use, but we'll do somebody. There's four big games this weekend, you know, including the Giants. This is a huge weekend. Very, very big weekend. Where are you watching uh, the games? Oh, I'm going to be home. I'm going to stock up. And it's going to be great from the moment you wake up on Saturday. Yeah. You're not going to go to Harbor Lights Um, in Rockaway? I would walk in there and then say, hey, how's everybody? All right, got to go. Send them my regards. I I I love that place. Sid Sid is on his fifth uh, apartment right now, and he wishes (laughs) everybody well and go Giants. I do miss my neighborhood. I do. I miss uh, my neighbors, Billy and Jackie Felton, Joel Maria Ferrante, Joel Murray, all my uh, great neighbors, Louis Gampero. But um, these are the things you go through when you own a home and live in New York City. In the cold, cold winter, these are the things you go through. So Donald Trump was supposed to be on today on this show. <laughs> you know, I'm still hearing from his guy, Steve Chung, his comms director. And I'm going to say this at the risk of this getting back to Chung and Trump never coming on. He's got a couple of guys that work for him and Steve Chung, Boris Epstein and others. Waste, waste of time. Donald Trump needs to start to surround himself with people who know what they're doing. And, um, again, if this goes back to Chung, he'll never come on. I just don't care. I've got nine text messages in the last eight days from Chung saying the president is booked, but with his scheduler confirming the time, he's on. Nine days. 
since Joe Tacopina met with the president at Mar-a-Lago and still no President Trump. But he did speak yesterday, and he was talking mostly about China. Where was this um, conversation? I think it was on Truth Social, right? He did like a video on his own Truth Social talking about China. Let's, let's play some of this. Here he talks about how corrupt the, the Biden crime family is. This will be uh, Donald Trump Lewis number 14, please. China is buying up our country while corrupt Democrats and rhino type politicians in Washington have been spending trillions of dollars on the Green New Deal nonsense, foolish foreign wars, and providing lavish benefits to illegal aliens from all over the planet. China has been spending trillions of dollars to take over the crown jewels of the United States economy. And they are doing that. China is buying up our technology. They're buying up food supplies. They're buying up our farmland. They're buying up our minerals and natural resources. They're buying up our ports and shipping terminals. And with the help of a corrupt influence peddlers, Like the Biden crime family, China is even trying to buy up the pillars of the U.S. energy industry because, frankly, Biden and the group don't care about real energy. They only care about nonsense energy, energy that doesn't work, and it never will. That's the uh, the third time in the last couple of days I've heard Biden crime family. Third time. Three different people. Then he goes on, Donald Trump, to talk about China and how it affects our national security. Lewis Donald Trump, cut number 15. While some are focused on China's purchases near power plants and military bases, the fact is we should be very concerned about all Chinese communist activity in the United States. As I have long said, economic security is national security. China does not allow American companies to take over their critical infrastructure, and America should not allow China to take over our critical infrastructure. I didn't allow it when I was president, and I won't allow it when we become president again. I think that was number 16 you played there, Lou, not 15. No, it was 15. It was? Then play 16 now. That's it, the last one. To protect our country... We need to enact aggressive new restrictions on Chinese ownership of any vital infrastructure in the United States, including energy, technology, telecommunications, farmland, natural resources, medical supplies, and other strategic national assets. We should stop all future Chinese purchases in these essential industries, and we should begin the process of forcing the Chinese to sell any current holdings that put our national security at risk. If we don't do this, the United States will be owned by China, which would make them very happy. When I'm president, I will ensure that America's future remains firmly in American hands, just as I did when I was president before. It'll happen again, and our country will be stronger than ever. Thank you. Thank you. There thank he you. is, uh, the great You're President welcome. Trump. Yes, thank you. Who's who? Who was hearing that? Who no, was, nobody, nobody. Yeah. I, so I don't. He, he does it uh, on Truth Social. So who hears it? I'll tell you. Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, Christy Nome, Brian. Uh, all these psychos, you know. These so, uh, what psychos. Do you, what do you get an alert or something that he's going to talk about? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually have an account on Truth Social, New York Morning Best at New York Morning Best. I never get any alerts. 
Yeah, well, I go home. If I'm a Trump guy, I go home. I go to, I like, I go to sleep. Yeah. Now I just heard about this this morning. Right. He's talking to a screen. That's it. Yeah. I don't it's like, <laughs> I, might, I might as well do it. I might as well just sit there and go, we've got lots of problems. Right now we're under one of the worst administrations that God has ever created. Yeah. I mean, he's, he rambles on for a minute. That's and it. Right, but, right. I, but who's getting the message? Nobody knows. He That's could have been on with me and us at 8.05 this morning talking and to hundreds of thousands of, of New Yorkers. New York. and, and instead, yeah. the idiot is talking to a screen. And again, outside of the psychos on Truth Social. And these are real crazy people. <laughs> God, Nobody <I> cares. <laughs> he's right about what he's saying. He sounds a lot like Gordon Chang, doesn't he? He's a, Chinese are going to yeah, kill it's us. Just, and, it's, We've got a lot of problems coming across from overseas. <laughs> yeah. We've got flowers that are ready to kill us. We've got <laughs> men with guns. A lot of bad hombres are out yeah. there. A lot of people out there. We don't have a lot of chicken parmesan coming our way. This is not what we lead. Hello. This is one of the best screens ever, though, whoever's listening to me. Hello. I don't Check understand. It out. I, 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 don't I, I don't know. You know, I stopped going on to social uh, after Bernard died. God rest his soul. Once again, coming to you live this morning from the Bernard McGurk studio. There was like one or two people on uh, Truth Social. And they were like, oh, my God, what's happened to Sid Shaw? He's talking to Eric Adams. <laughs> one or two, you know, the same nonsense. So I just stopped going on it. I just, I'm not patient for this nonsense anymore. Wait till next week when I bring on Hakeem Jeffries. What are you going to get pissed okay, off? Okay, I'll take that day off. Oh, yeah. Uh, traffic coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC mini cast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's mini cast is from the Rita Cosby Show. She's talking about how the White House is facing backlash about Biden's classified documents. It's like drip, 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 and more details that basically Biden's attorneys didn't have classified clearance, that maybe only one of three or four of them had classified clearance. And people are still wondering, why did the attorneys go to check his offices? Why were they doing that at that time on November 2nd? Like, why suddenly, just a few days before the midterms, where, again, they thought they were going to get creamed? Remember, they thought it was this huge red tidal wave and probably lots of subpoenas and everything else? Why suddenly were they clearing out his office? It doesn't make any sense. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Clients rave about his skills. You call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or just visit langins.com. Is Sid and friends in the morning from our friends. Seventy-seven WABC.
But Dolly Parton is uh, 77 years old today, so happy birthday to Janis Joplin. She turns 80, but she's dead. Happy birthday to Dolly Parton. She turns 77 today. And as far as I know, she's still alive. So Yes, very alive. You like that song? You like that other song better. The, no, um, I like this song, too. It's a good one, right? Yeah, I love it. You know, there was a uh, Tuesday nights when I was growing up as a kid. Tuesday nights was my favorite night of television. Channel 7, ABC. Here's what you had. Eight o'clock, happy days. I knew I was gonna, gonna say happy days if I was on the right day. Eight thirty, Laverne and Shirley. Nine o'clock, Three's Company. Oh. And ten o'clock, one of my favorite, favorite murder mystery shows ever. It starred Robert Wagner, who killed his wife, <laughs> and Stephanie Powers, whose husband William Holden died about the same time, and it was called Heart to Heart. And it was a great show. And Max. Max, very good. No, that's really bad, Played by that. the brilliant Lionel Stander. Oh, How about that? Well, How about that? Well, let's call Iron Eagle and see if he can talk that <laughs> yeah. one. But nestled away in between Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, and Heart to Heart, at 9.30 on Channel 7 on Tuesday nights, 9 to 5. Really? Inspired by the movie with Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, and was it Fonda? Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda? Jane Fonda. Yeah. It was a terrible TV show. Who was in that show? I believe the, the same ladies. No. I no. believe so. I'm not sure, though. No. No, they can't. But that was the one no one ever talked about. But you look that up, 9 I'm, to 5, I'm in between Three's Company and Heart to Heart on a Tuesday night. You know, Dolly Parton, actually, there was a, uh, a hurricane a couple of years ago or a flood or a tornado. I don't know. She gives all of her money all the time. She's very charitable. When there are natural disasters in this country, she's a great American, to quote my dear friend Sean Hannity. Dolly Parton is a great American, always giving money to really good causes. What would you find about uh, 9 to 5? Uh, Rachel Parton, George, Valerie Curtin. Oh, Valerie Curtin. Curtin yeah. Sally Struthers. Oh, how about that? <laughs> that was 9 to 5, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a terrible no, show. It's terrible. no way that no, was going to translate. Let's go back to Happy Days. No. But the Happy Days. kidding. Uh, Peter God. Bonners is in this show. Remember, oh, is that right? Do you remember where uh, Peter Bonners comes from? He comes from... Um, Although he was a great TV producer. I know, but well, where did he come from originally? Bob Newhart. Oh, the Bob show. Newhart show, yeah. He, I think he was the dentist yeah. on the other side of the hall. What a great, <laughs> what a great show. So not only does the president, the imbecile-in-chief... This uh, Joe Biden, who's had a brutal week. He forgot Clay Thompson's name with the Golden State Warriors. He tried to sing happy birthday to a relative of Martin Luther King and had no idea. He stopped. He didn't know what the name was. He mispronounced a Supreme Court justice that he appointed. It's been a brutal week. But one of the things that Joe Biden has done religiously since winning is refer to Kamala Harris, who Bernie once more than once called a bimbo, the vice president. He has religiously referred to Kamala Harris as the president 
of the United States. Well, here's good news for Joe Biden. Maybe she really is because somebody else did that yesterday. Another Mensa, and this is his speaker, Corrine Jean-Pierre, KJP. Here's how she referred to Kamala Harris just yesterday. This, Lewis, is cut number nine. This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure women's fundamental yeah, right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of Stop women it right there. So, the country. If you heard that, she said this Sunday, the president will speak. And then she goes on to list a variety of women things. And of course, that is not the president. That is Kamala Harris, who may be president any day now. Who knows? But so now she becomes the second person in the administration, to refer to Kamala as the president. What are your thoughts on that, Lewis? <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm stunned. Stunned. I'm stunned. So then Corrine Jean-Pierre <laughs> got all bitchy yesterday. Somebody was asking her about the whole document scandal, and she's like, let me tell you something. You don't tell me what I can and can't answer. She's starting to feel the pressure because she's horrible at her job. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre, cut number 10. But on questions that you should be able to answer here that shouldn't have to go to any other agency or entity, can you tell us if there's any sort of assessment that has been planned or launched to determine if national security has been jeopardized at all? Again, that's for the Department of Justice. Why is it a DOJ And 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 let's be clear, it's not your decision to make what I can or can't answer from here. How about that? Let's be clear. This is not your decision to make. I'm KJP. Good for her. Get get going. Come on. At you least, like that? At least fight her. I know. Something. I know. I mean, Jen Psaki would have done something like that. You're right. At you're least right. Show that you're alive. So then she goes on to tell the biggest whopper of all. What is well one of many, but what is one of many things that Joe Biden has done a terrible job with? A terrible job. The border. He actually once appointed Kamala the president. As the czar of the border. So here, KJP, she just lies at every turn, tries to convince people at this presser. You ready for this? Joe Biden takes the border? Seriously. <laughs> this is KJP cut number 11. So he's taking the steps. He's going to uh, uh, continue to take it. this very seriously. When we think about the border security. So Kamala, of course, was in charge of all this. And she's done a really a, a tremendous job as the borders are. I think she went there once. It was like 15 minutes. And it was Dallas. It wasn't even. I mean, oh, there she is. Oh, hello, sweetheart. So I got to tell you, we leave for, uh, for dinner last night after John's show. We're all standing outside waiting for the Uber. John and Margot, beautiful. The Katzmatidis couple. Emily, a chair joined us later. And Dr. Siegel joined us later. So is John and Margo, Emily, me, and Danielle. And who comes running out of a car into the building? Judge Janine Pirro. She had just finished doing the five. She was taping something for her radio show. We had a great discussion. I love her. So yesterday on the five on Fox, Janine Pirro and Dana Perino started talking about Kamala Harris. And people are very excited, women specifically, that here is Kamala Harris. Not only black, but a female in a huge position of authority. But Dana Perino says, I don't even think of her like a female. <laughs> I know it seems, seems confusing, but we'll play this 
Dana Perino, cut number 13. You're a woman. How do you feel about her, Dana? Um, I've, I've, I don't necessarily think of her as just a woman. I think of her as a disappointment in terms of a vice president. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I'm sick of the gender, the race, the creed, the color. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're black. Quite frankly, I don't care if you're Jewish. If you're good at your job, fantastic. If you suck at your job, I'm going to call you out regardless of any of it. And at this point, Dana's right. Kamala Harris, it ain't about being black. It ain't about being a woman. You suck. Phil, any thoughts? Oi. That's pretty much what I was thinking. Yeah. I just want, wanted to give Phil a couple of seconds. You know, sometimes I, when I say Kamala Harris sucks because you're like a child, I expect you to come back and say that's not oh, true. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. So you're not arguing <laughs> that point. No, I mean, no. I feel like it's too easy. That one's too easy, yeah. yeah like, what I, is the uh, political story today that has you most um, interested, intrigued? George Santos being a uh, drag queen is right. right. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, I, I like that. You like that? That's like right on my alley. Now, why is that? In more ways than one, I'd say. Why is that? Have you done something like that before? No, I thought about it. <laughs> you have? I have. Honestly. For money? Uh, they get paid? Yes, they get paid good money, actually. That's only more incentive. Right. It'd be cool. No? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. So that's the one story that, that has <laughs> Unless you Unless you're from Baruch. <laughs> you watch Donald Trump speak to a teleprompter? I did. What do you think about that? Uh, it bored me incessantly. Yeah. But he's I, talking about China. Then that changes everything. <laughs> it, it does? No, I don't care. I'm bored of breakfast. you got to get something new. I'm bored already. That's it. What, what, what new sandwich do you want? I don't know. What have I had so far? Your egg white. and First off. What we, am I having this morning? We need a, That's an egg white and cheese. We yeah, need to have an assessment. Just the fact that you get just egg, egg white and yeah. just a piece of cheese. Well, actually, better than your old sandwich. What was my old sandwich? Which was disgusting. What was it? The scooped out everything bagel, yeah. toasted, right. with Munster cheese and tomato. Oh, I missed that. Oh, wow. That is no, it's of, so good. Dang. That's that is the best bagel breakfast sandwich ever. I I doubt. I really really argue that. I may go back to that. You could. I'm I'll, bored of the eggs, okay. but I'm trying to eat healthier because I'm, I'm noticing like a little bit of punch Uh-oh. by my stomach area, like my chest, my shoulders, my arms are great, but I feel like I'm getting a little fat. So maybe we'll take the cheese off the eggs. I don't know. Then That's the risotto boring. out of your diet. I love risotto. I can't, I can't wait for those guys, guys, at the, guys at the diner to say to Phil, like, what is wrong with this guy? What is he? Does he know what food is? Well, yeah. yesterday, for example, I went back to the diner, my fifth consecutive day at the Murray Hill Diner. <laughs> so I got myself a uh, chicken Caesar wrap with French fries. I got to tell you, this diner, the Murray Hill Diner, has the best diner French fries I've ever had. And I'm going to, you can go to the Vegas Diner, you can go to El Greco Diner, any great Brooklyn diner you want, this guy's got it beat. But I started counting, true, Daniel said, I counted the amount of fries on my plate. There was exactly 24 French fries on my plate. Okay. And I deduced that if I have one-third of that, which is eight, then uh, I can get away with not having a very fattening lunch. So I separated the eight French fries yeah, wow. yeah, from the other 24, and the other 16 I wasn't going to eat. So I pushed the other 16 to a different side of the plate. 
Okay. And then I noticed about 30 minutes later, there were no french fries on my plate, none, zero. I, I could safely say I don't think I've ever counted the French fries on a You've plate. You've never done that? No. Phil, how about you? Who does this, that? This is one of the most riveting conversations I've ever heard in my entire life. This is why you're number one. I mean, let's be real. It this is. is why. The French fries. You know, you laugh, but people relate to stuff. They love it. It's just, and that's why we are number it's, it's one. It's a little wacky. We can keep going on and on. You know, Greg Kelly about Donald Trump or Curtis about me. Or we could do stuff like this and continue to be number yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. Wait till Truth Social gets a hold of it. They'll be all over you. This might, this might make he, the post. What is he? Oh, the fry story might make the post. <laughs> it might be on Good Morning America, too. 24. I was going to eat eight of my 24 fries. But being I have very little willpower, I ate all 24 fries. <laughs> Still to come, Judge Napolitano. Governor Pataki on a bad loss for Kathy Hochul yesterday. Bill O'Reilly on a horrible story coming out of Mexico. And a NFL spot at 9.05 as well. Once again, happy 77th birthday to the great Dolly Parton. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Today, Fleetwood Mac, we lost Christine McVie a couple of weeks ago. Fleetwood Mac, who did this great song, Don't Stop, got back together 30 years ago today after not really sharing a stage for five years. And why did they get back together? For Bill Clinton. You may remember back in 1992 when Clinton ran, this was kind of his campaign song, Don't Stop. I think he even played it on his saxophone one night. While at his inaugural ball, Fleetwood Mac got back together and performed this song, Don't Stop, 30 years ago today for Bill Clinton. I like Bill Clinton. I did. Who's I that, voted for him. Who's the TV? Who's the host at night that he, uh, the, uh, the. Arsenio Hall. Arsenio, thank you. Woo, woo. He was in um, Coming to America, too. He was great. Yes. I liked Arsenio Hall. He had the, uh, the Black the Eight Ball. Remember that? No. Yeah. No, maybe I, I did an eight ball. Maybe I did yeah. an eight ball. Maybe that was, uh, well, that's, uh, that's yeah, not yeah. mutually exclusive. Well, I, I, uh, Bill Clinton, 30 years ago today, so congratulations. Joe Parisi, Mr. Gristini, said you've gone absolutely crazy counting French fries. You know, it's funny. When I when I um, bring up stuff like that, my phone goes nuts. I they, predicted it. It goes nuts. People love it. I had this uh, conversation a couple of days ago with John Katzmatidis. He's very close with this doctor, Peter Mikolos. And uh, Katz has lost a bunch of weight because Mikolos 
has him on this intermittent fasting. You guys know about this? Intermittent fasting? I've heard of it. People love it. They say it works. Literally five minutes ago, I look out of the corner of my eye and CNN is discussing, talking about counting french fries, intermittent fasting. And according to CNN this morning, and somebody should reach out to Dr. Peter Michalos, reducing calories is much more effective than intermittent fasting. See, I never thought fasting is healthy for you because I always believe to lose weight, you got to burn. The metabolism's got to burn. And you don't burn anything if you don't eat. If you don't have anything on your right. food, right? So it can't, it's not healthy. It doesn't really work, even though cats problem. and the doctors swear by it. They said CNN this morning, reducing calories significantly more effective than um, intermittent fasting. So. I like that, Dr. Rose. That's what I do. Right. Well, it's calories. Eight French fries instead weight. of 24. But you ate all 24. Whatever, fine. Shut up. It was, a, it was a weak moment for me. How many calories were in the fries? Did a lot. Count, did you count each <laughs> fries? The calories? grease was just it was, it was all over my mouth. And it was, did you uh, go by yourself? Or you went with I was with Danielle. What? That's, that's, you got to get someone else to eat them so it's not there. I know, but you, you're not going to stop but after eight. No Danielle stop after eight. is in sick shape, bro. She won't do it. That's true. And she's too strong-willed. It's so annoying, my God. <laughs> I hate people like that, you know? I, I just say, you, you know? live once, that's it. Yeah. I'm just, well, you do that, yeah. I, I yeah. But you're not about to run a marathon in Tokyo, Japan in about five weeks. No, I, I, I probably could. I don't see No, the you point. can't. No, another one if you can. No, I don't. Oh, no. And give don't me like, wish to. You give me, like, a 12-pack, and I'm gonna, I won't stop running. <laughs> a 12-pack of Michelob, maybe, but not uh, not a 12-pack in your stomach. Depends who's in front of me. <laughs> no, I was talking about the beer. I'll, oh, I'll okay. Yes. Yeah. Non-stop. So, Eric Adams is... Is at this conference of mayors. I got a text yesterday from my good buddy Anthony Carone, Frank Carone's brother, and he went with uh, Eric to this conference of mayors, and it's in D.C. I guess. I think uh, my friend is there too, or Todd Shapiro, and they all get together the mayors, and I don't know what they do, but they all get together the U.S. Conference of Mayors. So Eric Adams, the mayor, was there yesterday talking about, of course, the migrant crisis. He's only home a couple of days. From his historic visit to El Paso, Texas. Nice job by the mayor. And he says that it's a national disaster. He's actually called out the, quote, national and federal government. He is yet, Eric, to say the name Joe Biden. And I think when he does that, he's really going to make us happy. I mean, I've got Judge Jeanine Pirro outside the building yesterday saying, I'm coming around. I kind of like Eric Adams. Shocking. Brian Kilmeade likes her. Dana Perino likes him. Bunch of people now at Fox News that were not very fond of Eric Adams are following me these days. Now they're like, well, he's trying. He's calling out the government. He's doing some good things. So clearly, once again, I'm a pioneer, a trailblazer in the media. People making fun of me. Now, Curtis, of course, will still continue to kill the mayor because... He's embarrassed because the mayor kicked his ass. I mean, destroyed him. That's fine. That's his whole shtick. But otherwise smarter people, not that Curtis is not smart. He's very smart. Otherwise smarter people are coming to the realization that the mayor ain't all that bad. So he's in D.C. yesterday talking about the national, the federal government basically sabotaging a lot of these cities. This is uh, Eric Adams, number one. Just a few days ago, I was in El Paso to see for myself how the asylum seeker crisis affecting our border states and our entire nation. 
What I saw was not a state problem or a city problem. It is a national problem driven by global forces impacting regular people. Every attempt to deal with this immigration on a national level through legislation has been sabotaged, mostly by right-wing oppositions. And cities are bearing the brunt of this failure. Which is why I ask all of you here today to join me and say, we must come together as Americans. She's got to stop with the right-wing opposition stuff. He was doing good until that. This is where the Caron brothers got to say, Eric, stop with the right-wing opposition stuff. Please stop. He does go on to talk about a national czar, which makes sense. Mayor Eric Adams, cut number two. There must be a national czar. I think it should be done through FEMA. We should treat this the same way we treated a, a, any major disaster or major crisis. That should be coordinating with the Border Patrol, coordinating with our cities, our states, to make sure that we as a country absorb this national issue. And that's what I learned when I was on the ground there. The lack of coordination is really causing this to be hit by certain cities. Spending a couple of bucks ain't going to resolve this. Mayor Eric Adams, number three. We don't know what dollar amount is going to come to New York yet. We're waiting to, to find out. But let's be clear. Even with the infusion of money, it's not going to solve the problem. We must address the problem and have proper coordination, a collaboration, and communication so that we could address this crisis that our country is facing right now. Sure. And the problem is, Eric, Joe Biden, the imbecile in chief, the guy you once described yourself as, thank God you stopped doing that, his policy is destroying this country. You've come close to saying that. Now say it. And the second thing, Eric Adams, that you have to do is shed this city, shed sanctuary from this city. You want to be a sanctuary city? Then you can't complain. Because as a sanctuary city, it is your obligation to take these people in by the thousands, 40,000, and take care of them. If you shed sanctuary from this city, then you've got a whole other argument. This is why this next cut, you say what you what you say about no room at the inn, but we'll take care of these people because you haven't given us a choice. Mayor Eric Adams, you need to shed sanctuary from New York. If you do that, you won't say stuff like this. The mayor cut number four. And I think of as we celebrated the birth of uh, of uh, Jesus, uh, he was faced with a no more room, oh, boy. but there was a place that was found. And that's what Fine. we're doing. We have no more <laughs> room, but yeah. we're still finding spaces in yeah. accommodating. And All we're right. going to continue to do that. That is that is our law. That is our obligation. Yeah. Uh, and that is what's morally right. We're going to do that. You found a way to include the birth of uh, baby Jesus. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> you're fine. I'm falling. I just I don't know what he's talking about. Well, you know, this, this, well, this is important now. He says the migrant crisis is an unfair burden on New York. You get that, right? Well, why did he get started in the first place? Why are you asking me these questions? Well, because you just proposed it back to me. Why you asked me? I'm asking <laughs> That's fine. You. All I said was, why did he include the birth of baby Jesus in this migrant crisis? 
Now he talks about it being an unfair burden on New York. He's right about that, Lewis. Cut number five. But what we're not going to do is to fail to acknowledge the burden this is having on New Yorkers. True. The burden this is having on our city. It is unfair. It is unfair. And we're going to continue to make sure that we don't have no, families. I've heard enough of this. I don't even know what's going on. Thank God. Thank God. I, I don't know. What, that's like saying, we'll take all your garbage over to my house and then say, why do we have all this garbage in our house? Well, it's not his fault, the oh, mayor. Oh, okay. It's not his it's, policy. It's my, I guess it's my fault. It's Are you Biden's saying it's Jesus' fault? fault? It's my fault. Partly Jesus' fault, yes. No, it's Biden's fault. But again, the, the, the two places where the mayor can come up looking real good here is A, call out Joe Biden. Don't just say national and or federal government. Call out Joe Biden by name. You remember uh, me and Bernie used to always say, hey, you really want to get something done with criminal with bail reform? Call out Andrea Stewart Cousins by name. Call out Carl Heasty by name. He's got to do the same with Joe Biden. And again, at the risk of repetition, sanctuary city doesn't work. Can't have it both ways, Eric. You can't complain about the influx of migrants and how you have to treat them and continue to call New York a sanctuary city. Can't do it. Does that make sense? Y- yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, well, let's call the dub. Is there, is there, what could he possibly do, the mayor, where you, you come around even just a little? Lou? I don't know. When a package comes to your house yeah. and it's not addressed to you, do you go? That's the mayor's fault? I, I, all right, I didn't finish my thought. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs> I don't understand. That's, that's as simple as it is. So, the bus gets off with a bunch of people. They don't belong here. They, he, oh, all right, we're going to put up. Well, some what do you tents. want him to do? Shoot him? I don't understand. Orchard Beach is going to be an area where we're going to house everybody. But where do you want? Him, what do you want him to do? Go. You go back. On the bus okay. and go right back it to the border. Doesn't and then work I'm that con- way. And then I'm going to contact the president and, yeah. just, and try to ask him why he's such a dumb cluck and letting people in. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I'm glad I thought of it as I was driving. But it's never going to happen. He, well, he's not going to say that to the president. Well, all right. Well, then why be in office then? <laughs> How about sending him to upstate New York? You like that? Up by your family in Catonia, whatever yeah, the hell that go is. Go to Ithaca. There's a lot of areas. <laughs> Ithaca. Okay, that sounds fun. Monticello. Sure. Put them there. Right. They, they got a lot of Utica. space. These are horrible places. Uh, what is uh, <laughs> Chris and Gillibrand live in Troy? That's a horrible place. Put them in Albany. That's a terrible place. Even Buffalo. My God, it's a horrible ah, Put them there. Right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Tell the Don't put them in New York City. Put them, they got all these hor- Rochester. That's a horrible place. Syracuse. Put them there. It's true. Put the U.N. up there, too. Yeah, so get rid of that. Get, that's, that's, that's Pain in the ass. Damn thing. The stupid U.N. Hey, is the U.N. A... is in session, so these 45 <laughs> blocks will now be inaccessible to the taxpayers of New York City. Uh, Sounds good. Bring them in. Hey. Hello, Singapore. Come on in. Well, Singapore Nicole Maliotakis, who we like very, very much, she was on Fox yesterday. And she said on Fox what I've been saying forever, which is Mayor Adams needs to come out and specifically say Joe Biden has created this crisis. Federal government is not good enough. He has to say Joe Biden. Here's Nicole Maliotakis, courtesy of Fox News, cut number eight. 
The mayor is right in the sense that he's saying this is a national crisis, uh, but he needs to say that it is a national cre crisis created by Joe Biden. Joe mm -hmm. Biden put in place the policies via executive order that created this mess. This was not happening under President Trump. It was not happening under President Obama. And uh, it has reached a record high. And I think what the biggest issue is where the federal government should be helping is at the border determining right away whether someone has a legitimate asylum case or not. We know that roughly 70 percent of the people who actually show up for court uh, have their cases uh, denied. We also know that uh, so many more don't even show up for their court dates and some even don't apply for asylum. And that's really what is inundating the system. Did I just see this? Phil, ticket for Messi, Ronaldo Clash, sells for 2.6 million dollars. You saw it, not me, I guess. I can yeah. fact check that. It's on Fox it. Business right now. Well, they're playing tonight. Yes. They're playing each other. And somebody bought a ticket for $2.6 million. Are they going to be sitting at half field? Uh, I guess. That's like that's not even Super Bowl stuff, no? No, that's unreal. It's in Saudi Arabia, so it's you know, aye, they aye, got aye. money down there. Bob Cornicelli checks in. He says, here's where Adams is wrong. We, as a country, should not have to absorb this. We've got a half a million homeless Americans doesn't work. And somebody else just sent me this. Right to shelter is a 40-year-old court decree that Adams can change. It's a court order, a bad one. Sanctuary City just means that cops don't ask people their status has nothing to do with housing. That's true. You're right. Whatever that is. Anyway, we got a lot more to come. Governor Pataki, Judge Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly. We'll do a football spot at 9.05. Giants and Eagles coming up on Saturday night. This is the number one news talk show in New York City. Sid and Friends in the morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, there is heartbreaking video I showed last night on my TV broadcast, The No Spin News, showing three sisters ages 7, 5, and 18 months being rescued by Mexican authorities on the southern banks of the Rio Grande River. The girls are crying, no adults in sight. Thousands of unaccompanied minors have been caught up in President Biden's insane lax border policy. Migrants attracted to the border because they believe they can easily enter the USA have absolutely no control over their destinies. Some make it here, some die in the attempt. The Mexican cartels do whatever they want to these defenseless people. President Biden and the Democratic Party look away, failing to even address this enormous human rights danger they themselves have caused. Millions of people are at risk, not to mention Americans who are getting hurt by uncontrolled immigration. Yet President Biden does nothing. He fiddles while abandoned little girls cry in the bush. By the way, Mexican authorities have placed them in foster homes. Nobody knows who their parents are. This is horrific and should spell the end of Joe Biden's credibility, as well as a progressive movement, which demands open borders. But it will not. 
because the corrupt press remains invested in the president and his far-left masters. In fact, this little girl story was not even covered by the liberal media. It's almost impossible to digest. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Robert Palmer, uh, Palmer singing this song, of course, has been dead for 20 years. He died at the age of 54 back in 2003. Today's his birthday. He would have been, um, well, whatever the math is, 70-something. But... 88, I don't know. No, 70s, I think. I have no idea. But he's been dead for 20 years, Robert Palmer. This was a great video. Remember the girls with the severe hair? Yeah. It was all pulled back, and they were all great bodies. And well, he made Great whole, video. He made a whole album with those women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the big deal for him, right? Yep. Yeah. I got a text here from Rich Lowry, who's on this show every Monday morning, the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC. He's a great Monday morning guest. And he says, the Murray Hill Diner, love that place. Our office used to be right across the street. So that's uh, what people pick up on. The <laughs> I heard he goes there and only eats four fries. Is that right? Only yes. four fries? Yeah, I actually went to a very good Greek restaurant with Rich Lowry years ago. And it was right across the street, I think, from the Havid Club. 44th Street, maybe? Great Greek restaurant. I forgot the name of it. But, uh, see, that's what they talk about. Not the migrant crisis. Not Joe Biden's documents. Not Kamala Harris. The Murray Hill Diner. And French fries. And intermittent fasting. That's what people love to talk about, uh, Phil. People and love to hear it. I think they love to hear it. They do love to hear that? Yeah, it's interesting. Because anyone could talk about the migrant crisis. Right, of course. But only... Uh, a s- only a select few could talk about French fries. I may go back for a sixth consecutive day. I don't know this for a fact. I really don't. But I'm going to just assume that nobody in the history of New York City, the long, rich tradition of New York City, nobody in the history of our amazing city has ever gone to the Murray Hill Diner six consecutive days. I would argue Not even that. their employees. I would argue. Yeah, who do you think goes? Who do you think goes? Well, you, first off, you said not even their employees. Not even their employees. You don't think a single employee's ever worked? For, you know, well, maybe, their, job maybe is five their employees. Days. Maybe their employees. They never worked an extra to pick up maybe, the shift. Maybe, but there's maybe. no there's no patron who's gone to the Murray Hill Diner six consecutive days. Well, if you keep if you keep it up, you know you might get your face in another <laughs> restaurant. They might hang it up. They might make a bust if anything. That'd so you want a really good story? So we're having lunch. Danielle and I, and we're going to join uh, Judge Napolitano, George Pataki, Bill O'Reilly. They're all coming. So we're having lunch, and we're at the table right by the counter by the bathroom. And it was right after work. So some old Jewish guy with white hair runs up to the counter. This is a true story. I swear to God. And he goes, guys, guys, 
Do you know who Sid Rosenberg is? No, I'm sitting right there with Danielle. She puts her face in her hands like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she just wants to crawl She hates this stuff, she, yeah. yeah. So the guy goes, do you know who Sid Rosenberg And every one of them gave him a blank stare like, they don't even speak English anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, you're not. You're going to pay for that or get out. <laughs> he goes, he's been coming here. Now I'm sitting two feet away from this guy, and I'm itching to get up and go, I'm him. That's me. You're talking about me. That da- would be the uncool thing to do. Danielle looks at me. She goes, if you get up, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I said, D, he's talking about me. The guy goes, he talks about your diner every day. He's the greatest radio host in New York. He <laughs> talked about you this morning. And I'm sitting two feet from the guy. She goes, if you get up, I'm leaving. So I had to sit there. This was one of the great glory moments in my whole career. Well, how did he not recognize? He didn't recognize? He didn't he turn around. Oh. He never turned around. He was His back was to me and Danielle. He was facing three or four employees at the diner, never looked back at me, and walked out. Okay. And she, she would not allow me to get up and enjoy this glory moment. Enjoy what? What were you going to enjoy? What do you mean some stranger's oh, talking about me oh and I'm sitting God. right there? You're, you're telling me. Are you nuts? Yeah, Lou. Sid's got an opportunity to inflate his ego, even even if a little bit, and you think he wouldn't be pounced at the opportunity? Some, some old guy comes in and goes, I know Sid this Rosenberg. Is, this is 100%. Sid Rosenberg, like what he wants in life. Yes, that is that is to, right there. Yes, but he needs to be, act cooler. So uh, I did act cool. So lunch yeah, ended. Yeah, you were not by choice. I sat there. Lunch you ended. You eat French fries. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Danielle, I have to go to the bathroom. She said, if you go to that counter. <laughs> so she walked up to pay the check. I motioned as if I'm heading right towards the bathroom. And you bet your sweet ass. I walked up to the counter and said, that guy they were talking about? That's me. And I uh, swear the guy goes, who? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a horrible ending. It could have been such a great story. Yeah. You see? Because yeah. you didn't do it cool. Like I know. You You're did. right. You yeah. had to go announce yourself. Like, I know. It's hey, wait. That's, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Oh, good God. Oh, my God. I would have gotten up and walked out, too. I would have said, if you get up. She did that. I yeah, swear to God. She, I don't blame her. But I'm done with it. Now, I've already had the Greek salad wrap. I've had the chicken Caesar wrap. I've had the buffalo chicken wrap. I've had... What else can I have at this point? Well, there's things other than wraps on the menu. You <laughs> oh, there are? Just, yeah. You I didn't know that. Yeah. Go to sandwiches, <laughs> probably. There's I haven't like... seen that. I'm, no. <laughs> there's two pages to the menu. Okay. <laughs> Traffic and Judge Napolitano are coming up next. You're such a wise ass. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. 17 years by her side, broke the same bread, wore the same clothes, and you said, we're sisters with nothing between. If one of us fall, the other will soon be following. the same day you don't know why one of you never woke up and you lay your body down on the floor you're desperate to hear footsteps again but this house is on fire we need to go
The Fray, one for your life at 743 on your kind of cloudy, gloomy Thursday morning in New York. Still to come, Governor Pataki, Bill O'Reilly. We'll do a football guest in the 9 o'clock hour. Four big games coming up this weekend, including my Giants in Philadelphia on Saturday night. But we do put this time aside every Thursday for a wonderful guy, a tremendous judge, a great TV guy all those years on Fox News, and a tremendous radio guest as well. Proud to call him a friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Napolitano, good Thursday morning, pal. How are you? Oh, we lost him? Now we uh, we almost have him. There he is, Judge. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you, my dear friend? I am doing great. I, uh, I'm on record many, many times on this show. I don't like Kathy Hochul. I don't like her. I don't like her as a person. I don't like her as a governor. I think she's lousy. She's corrupt doesn't care about the health and safety of New Yorkers, and every loss for Kathy Hochul is a win for me. (laughs) So just 18 days after Kathy Hochul gets sworn in, Judge, 18 days later, political disaster arrives, as the Post says it, when she becomes the first governor ever in the history of a state to have a judicial nominee voted down by the state legislator. Before we get into whether or not that's a good idea, this loss for Kathy Hochul, embarrassing? It's humiliating. I mean, this, this guy was voted down by her own party. Democrats have, have a, a lock-solid uh, control of the New York State Senate. They do of the General Assembly as well. But it's her own party that uh, rejected her on this guy. She doesn't know what she's doing. This would never have happened with any of her uh, predecessors, even uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, when he was being pilloried because of his perception of his personal behavior, knew how to deal with the levers of power. This woman does not. No, just to defend her, her, and again, I don't like her, but it doesn't seem right, Andrew, that uh, in the end here, whether it's Andrea Stewart Cousins, another lousy person, one of these state legislators, it doesn't seem right that they make this call and not the governor in Kathy Hochul's defense. Well, you know, they have the right to, uh, you know, this judge is not a bad guy, but they have the right to reject him. Now, they are rejecting him for ideological reasons. They want uh, a lefty to be the chief judge of the Court of Appeals of the state of New York. This is a very, very powerful position in the state of New York. It's not only does this person preside over the court of last resort for all state issues, but this person presides over the entire judicial system in the state. He can move, reassign, reprimand, or get involved with virtually every judge, state judge, not federal, uh, in the state of New York. It's an extremely powerful position. The person she nominated is well-experienced, but he's too conservative. He's too traditional for the crazy lefties in the New York State Senate. She should have had her finger on the pulse of the New York State Senate uh, before she nominated him. Now that he's he's not even going to be voted on because the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, rejected him, he's damaged goods. She's ruined not only her own reputation, but his, because she didn't make a few phone calls before she put it out there. Should she sue at this point, Judge? What do you think? Say again? Should she sue at this point to get this no. thing passed through? No? 
there, there isn't a judge in the state that has the authority to force the Senate of New York State to vote on him. This, this would be like uh, uh, Barack Obama suing when Mitch McConnell and the Republicans declined to take a vote on um, Merrick Garland to replace uh, Antonin Scalia. The Senate makes its own rules. The U.S. Senate makes its own rules. The New York State Senate makes its own rules. The courts cannot force the legislative branch to take a vote. Uh, she's got to nominate somebody else and make sure that there's a groundswell in support of that person. Uh, unfortunately for Judge LaSalle, who I'm telling you is a decent guy, uh, it's over. Wow. It's over. Judge Napolitano for Judge LaSalle. It is over. Lots more to cover, including the latest on the Biden classified document situation. He wrote a great column, too, Judge Napolitano. I want to share it with you. And don't forget, folks, he's still doing his off-Broadway show. Why is the government in my soup on West 44th Street? you got to catch that before it's over sometime in February. More with Judge Napolitano on this, the Thursday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Rolling Stones shattered. Judge Napolitano back with us. So, you know, Donald Trump gets caught with these documents in Mar-a-Lago on the left. They want to kill him. They want to arrest him. They're happy the FBI's in his wife's underwear drawer. Then it happens to Biden. And I played cuts the last couple of days, Judge, from James Clyburn out of South Carolina, from that dopey Joy Behar on The View. And they're like, listen, listen, Joe, just be honest with the American people. Don't do what Donald Trump did. To me, they did the same thing, and they both did what a million guys have done, Obama, back to who knows who, for a hundred years. But if you really follow the media when it comes to this story, the bias stinks as much as anything I've seen, Judge, in years. I'm sorry to say that you're right. I say I'm sorry because, you know, the media is, is looking at this through its own lens. And its lens is one of forgiveness and, and adulation of Joe Biden and hatred and condemnation of Donald Trump. Uh, you know, we don't know enough about the Biden documents uh, to form a judgment on them. But we do know that what you said is essentially correct. They each essentially uh, hung on to documents that they shouldn't have hung on to. And Trump, they want to excoriate and Biden, they want to forgive. And by the way, and the difference, too, and you know this better than I do, is that, and we've heard this a million times, I'm not breaking news here, but Donald Trump, as the president, able to declassify documents, Biden, when he had this stuff as the vice president, couldn't even do that. So regardless of the quantity of documents, to me, that makes Biden's situation worse. Well, the FBI uh, claims, and, and, you know, they, they are the best leakers in the world, the FBI claims that the documents they found at Mar-a-Lago were called NDI, National Defense Information. That is unlawful to possess outside of a secure federal facility, whether it's declassified or not. 
There is also an executive order signed by George W. Bush authorizing the vice president to classify and declassify. He gave that power to Dick Cheney. As long as that power is in existence, any vice president can use it. However, we don't know what Biden had. If he had NDI, National Defense Information, as the FBI claims Trump did, uh, then it was unlawful to, to have at the, the Penn Biden Center and in Joe's garage. What's funny, I think, is when Joe says, I don't remember anything about this, people believe him because he doesn't remember what he had for breakfast, much less how his, <laughs> how his documents got uh, in his garage. But the charge against Joe Biden, if they do charge him, the I don't remember is not a defense. This is like Hillary Clinton. I didn't know that I had classified documents on my server in, in the closet uh, in Chappaqua. That's not a defense. The, the crime is possession. It doesn't matter if you possess it negligently or intentionally. But, Sid, they're not going to indict Joe Biden. And I am sorry to say they are going to indict Donald Trump. This gets back to yeah. where we started this conversation. Yeah, but they may Who's not on? indict Donald Who's Trump. For, for, but they may not indict Donald Trump for the Mar-a-Lago. So I, I, I think he will be indicted January 6th, Georgia, but not for the document stuff like Joe Biden. I think he's going to be indicted for both. I think that Garland wow. uh, made the decision to seek an indictment, said you're not going to want to hear this, before before the FBI raided the place. They would not have unleashed 50 FBI agents into the home of the former president if they hadn't decided to indict. You know, we had this discussion on John Cho. I've been uh, co-hosting all week long, helping him out. It's a lot of fun. And we were talking about Mayorkas, who, of course, is in charge of Homeland Security. And we're talking about whether or not he could be held legally responsible for telling folks that the border is closed it's secure. If it turns out it's not, which we know it's not, and people are dying from fentanyl and terrorists are coming in, at that point, according to the judge Richard Weinberg, at that point, maybe you can hold somebody like Mayorkas legally responsible, above impeachment, legally responsible. What are your thoughts on that? Well, unfortunately, no. I wish we could. I mean, this is the worst Secretary of Homeland Security that we've ever had. This is the worst and most incompetent person in charge of the borders we've ever had. But he might very well be doing the Democrats bidding because we all know that the Democrats want these folks to come in because they want them to become under the uh, arm and umbrella of the government so that they'll get government benefits and eventually vote to reelect the people that are giving them the benefits. That's their uh, that's their thought. So Mayorkas is probably doing the bidding of the people who put him there. But he's not enforcing the laws um, of the United States. Can he personally be held responsible? No. Can the Department of Homeland Security be held responsible if somebody is harmed because a creep gets in and harms somebody? Probably not. The government has written laws. Terrible. The government has written laws to immunize itself <laughs> from the consequences yep. of its own negligence. Mm. And uh, finally, Judge, uh, it's a Thursday. A new column comes out. This one is entitled The FBI and Personal Liberty. You mentioned the FBI, Chris Ray, that whole group earlier in this conversation. What is this uh, latest column about? The FBI last week revealed a 906-page handbook that was compiled under Trump, behind Trump's back, without him knowing about it. 
telling FBI agents how to spy on Americans without search warrants. <laughs> They've been doing it for years. The first time I've seen it reduced to writing. It's reprehensible. Uh, it's it's the it's the last nail in the coffin of our personal liberty when the FBI is admitting in writing that it's spying on Americans without search warrants. The American public needs to know it. Wow. Chris Ray, Chris Ray needs to go. This happened under his watch. There are great FBI agents out there in whose hands I would repose my life and my fortune, but not in the hands of FBI management. FBI management are political rogues. And they have been for years, Jim Comey. In fact, I saw Rod Rosenstein, that little weasel, I want to punch him across the face. He was out with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press on Sunday. He was actually extolling the virtues, Judge, of Chris Ray. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Extolling the virtues. Chris, Chris Ray will be lucky if he escape, escapes indictment uh, for perjury for the statements that he has made to the uh, Senate um, Intelligence Committee about the spying that the FBI has done, claiming that they only bought this spying software to see how it works. <laughs> well, that would be absurd. They bought it to use it, not to see how it works. Nobody believes that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they By the are way, something. I just else. had a bowl of cereal. I wish I were at the Murray Hill Diner <laughs> having post bed. One of these days, I swear, the next week, Judge, me, you, Rich Lowry, all the folks that love the Murray Hill Diner are all going to meet and have uh, have lunch together. How does that sound? As long as page six from the post is there. <laughs> yeah. Great job as always, Judge. I really love having you on Thursday mornings. You're terrific. Thank you so much. Enjoy your week. All the best. Bill O'Reilly, I love him. I will. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. That's Judge Napolitano. He's great. 740 every Thursday morning. Our number three, sitting friends in the morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC about to come your way. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the my lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Great job here by Lou Rafino, Echo and the Bunny Men. They did a, uh, a version of People Are Strange by the Doors. In Lost Boys. Correct. Right? Yeah. Very good. What's the name of this song? 
The Killing Moon. Awesome song. And, uh, Play some more of this, actually. I like okay. it. So don't talk. What was that? Shut up. <laughs> my God, it's going to rain outside soon. It's getting dark out there looking out the windows on 3rd Avenue. I hate when it rains in New York City. It smells like pee-pee. It's it gross. Like pee-pee when it's not raining, too. I know, but it's even worse. Yeah, it does, it does like really amplify the smell. Yeah. Like when, when I lived in Boca Raton, Florida, and it would rain, it was beautiful. Smelled great. Sounded great. Even my mother's house upstate by Monticello. She has a wooden roof. And when it rains, I could sleep for hours. See deer in the backyard. It's gorgeous. It rains in the city. You start walking towards the subway, and you can smell the duty and the pee-pee for blocks. For blocks. That would be a good uh, promotional thing for people <laughs> yeah. coming into New York. Mayor Eric Adams. Come on, come on in. Come yeah. on and smell uh, the duty and pee-pee. Yeah. <laughs> so Judge Napolitano admits uh, very embarrassing for Kathy Hochul, that LaSalle did not get through. That's, uh, that was very embarrassing. He also agrees that Joe Biden, and uh, he didn't agree with Donald Trump. He thought Joe Biden will skate on this document thing, but he thinks the Trump Mar-a-Lago thing may come back to haunt him, and he may get indicted for that. I disagree. I do think January 6th may be a point of contention, maybe the Georgia case, but I don't see Trump getting indicted for Mar-a-Lago. But we'll see. Georgia's smarter than I am. And then uh, the final thing we discussed was, I forgot. What was the, uh, the final thing we discussed? You remember, Lewis? I'm thinking. Oh, it's about uh, the uh, diner. Oh, yeah, the diner. That's right. Everybody loves the diner. He says you he you, you want to come there. to the diner today with me? Yeah, okay. You want to come? Sure. What do, you, what do you like to get at a diner? What's your big uh, well, diner? it could be some kind of loaded burger or uh, Yeah, burgers. They have good burgers. They have very good burgers, yeah. yeah. Um, How would you know? All you eat is wraps. I could have a wrap. Like, no, they're known for the burger. There's a sign in the window, I think it says. I'm like known for burgers. Who knows it? Every I'll... diner knows. Uh, every diner's great for burgers. Yeah, every diner says true. it, too. Yeah, all the diners say it, yeah. No, that's not true at all. It is very true. No, I've, been, I've had a bunch of horrible diner burgers. That is so not true. Yeah, here you go again. You just make up stuff. You give me lying. one diner that had a bad burger. One. Lying. You know how lucky we are to have diners everywhere? Like, you know, like, other places in the country? Like, I know, they don't have I know, this. I know. We just have diners everywhere. Like, in, I'm from Jersey, and every single town has a diner. Right? And the Jersey diners suck, by the way. They, no, they suck. Don't. Oh, they have these horrible salad bars with old lettuce. No, it's I've, disgusting. Never, I've never seen a salad bar at a diner. Oh, yeah, the uh, Coach Diner in West Milford, where uh, John Minko lives. What? No, it's New yes. Milford. They have a, state, they have a, a salad bar. So does a state-line diner in Mawa. Have a salad bar. Yeah, you're, you're, and the lettuce is brown sometimes. I can't eat that. No, they're not known for that, then. No. The brown part's the healthy part, I the think. The best diners are in Brooklyn. Well, they were, at least. I don't know about any more, but you had the Vegas Diner. You had the uh, El Greco. Like that was in Sheepshead Bay. Oasis Diner. That's in Flappish Avenue. That's aren't still you like that's a, good. Aren't you like a... The a, Floridian Diner. Aren't you like a holy man in the Oasis Diner? I'm a big guy there, yeah. The Very famous, yes. Lee Zeldin goes there, too. He loves coffee there. You don't go to diners ever, Lou, because we I only do. have one diner in Rockaway, the last stop diner. That's and, it. And the, that one that when you leave Howard Beach. Which one, one is on that right? It's, uh, the, oh, the one the in guy. Howard Beach. Yeah, yes. Why yeah, yeah. you're leaving to go to the Belt or whatever. If you're there. Right by like, New Park Pizzeria. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that a good diner? It's I haven't gone bad. there yet. It's not bad. It's, yeah. It's, you know, big. You know, you know what diners do horribly? Dessert. So they have this beautiful, like, glass... With cakes in it. Cakes in it. You walk by, you go, <laughs> yeah, right, oh, right. my God, that looks delicious. Yeah, that's where all it does is And looks. it comes out, it's wax. Yeah. <laughs> Every single diner cake tastes like wax. 
Why is that? They don't make them there, I, I think. That's why. They, they get them from somewhere else. They yeah, just my, buddy, yeah my buddy Danny Pagliano and Butchie, they make the best desserts. They make the best desserts. Yeah, just go to a bakery. Yeah, right. Or just do that. Go to Ali- the Aliotas in Brooklyn. They're very good. You know, you know what's great? Bakery products? Great. Christidis. I bought a oh, million sure. cakes there. 100%. Great. Bring Joe Parisi. In. Bring one in. Come on. I don't, I don't live there anymore. Well, you I'm do out of now. This. Oh, you're right. I'm back you in the now. city. You're right, yeah. There's Very one right good point. The you're right. I'm back in the city. You're right. So Bill O'Reilly will join us coming up at 840. George Pataki set to join us. And we'll do a football spot coming up at 905. We do want to do this uh, Donald Trump stuff again. He did all these videos on Truth Social yesterday talking about the danger of China. The Chinese are coming to get us. And the corrupt Biden crime family is helping them. Biden and his corrupt family, their crime family, helping the Chinese take out America. This is what Donald Trump was doing yesterday instead of having his people, Steve Chung and Boris Epstein, book him on this show. He was supposed to be on, according to the president, who told Joe Tacopina to his face dinner at Mar-a-Lago nine days ago. He'll be on with Sid at 8.05 this morning. And instead, he's doing these stupid videos that nobody sees outside of Dan Bongino and Sebastian Gorka. And he's not on this morning. This is uh, Donald Trump, number 14, Lewis. China is buying up our country, while corrupt Democrats and rhino-type politicians in Washington have been spending trillions of dollars on the Green New Deal nonsense, foolish foreign wars, and providing lavish benefits to illegal aliens from all over the planet. China has been spending trillions of dollars to take over the crown jewels of the United States economy. And they are doing that. China is buying up our technology. They're buying up food supplies. They're buying up our farmland. They're buying up our minerals and natural resources. They're buying up our ports and shipping terminals. And with the help of a corrupt influence peddlers like the Biden crime family, China is even trying to buy up the pillars of the U.S. energy industry because, frankly, they're buying all the diners. The oh, my God. China is buying all the diners. They only care Did you hear that, Lewis? Oh, shut up, Trump. I, yeah, um, I didn't hear it the first <laughs> yeah. time because I don't know who he was talking to. No, he's talking to nobody. Yeah. What uh, you like Chinese food? I love Chinese. What yes. is your favorite Ugh. Chinese restaurant? <laughs> I have, yeah. no, listen, I have a place. Lua, Lua, Phil. Phil, I'll change your mind. Well, you know what? No, hold on. Let me tell you the place. Well, I, you, I, you're I, going to go to this place, and you're not only going to love Chinese food, you're going to pray to Buddha. That's how good it is. I don't even think they do that. Be quiet. It's called China New Star, Flappish yeah. Avenue in Brooklyn. They make the best General Chow's chicken you'll ever have in your whole life. Better than Wohop? Wohop is dirty. Like, to me, Chinatown's disgusting. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's dirty, it's there's roaches. Gross. It's pretty nasty. Right. Yeah. It's nasty. The yeah. fish market just stinks when you yeah, walk in the street. it stinks. Food is fine. The food's fine, but yeah, it I stinks. So. Why don't you like Chinese food, though? I, I don't like, like, Chinese fast food. Like, you know those, like, little, like, the takeout places? No, I never heard of such a thing. They have Chinese fast no, food, no, like not, not like not, No, not like that. Oh, like, oh. like the takeout place, like the little one. Like, oh, yeah. I've got, I've got plenty of those in Rocco. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, disgusting. You don't like that? No. Like yeah. like a Chinese, like a traditional Chinese restaurant is good. Yeah. You sit down and eat. Like, you have actual... a favorite one in New Jersey? A traditional Chinese restaurant. No? 
Hello, Phil. <laughs> he doesn't even like Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, what, you, you, you go to China New Store, Louis? What is that? The one on Flatbush Avenue. I have not gone there. No. So what are you going to an MJ food? I, I, there's a couple of places on 129th. I think. There's yeah, one. they're not that good though. Those places. Well, they're the only ones there. So. And I got to go all the way to Howard Beach just to get sushi. I've actually which is annoying. taken Wohop home a couple of times. You have? Sure. No kidding. Yeah, I'll stop in there. You are like a, you're like a real player. Uh, yeah, well, like, I used to go in there a lot after McSorley's. So. Well, I used to when I used to live on uh, 10 Hanover Square down by Wall Street. Danielle and I would go to Wohop, Little Italy, and and um, yeah. Chinatown. Yes. All the time. You like, can go into bakeries there, then go into the... No, I wouldn't do that. No, no. Why? Why? Little, 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 little. I don't like Chinese bakeries. That's why. No, I'm talking about little, little, little. Oh, okay. Ferraris <laughs> or something. <laughs> Chinese bakeries? <laughs> what, to get egg rolls? Flour? An egg roll cannoli. No. No, when I go to the feast every year, you know that. I'm a big deal at the feast down on uh, Mulberry Street. Yeah, I think they know you. Man. you <laughs> I think they That's do, me. too. Uh, one more from Trump. He's uh, yelling about uh, national security and China and Biden and Sebastian Gorka. I don't know, number 15. <laughs> While some are focused on China's purchases near power plants and military bases, the fact is we should be very concerned about all Chinese communist activity in the United States. As I have long said, economic security is national security. China does not allow American companies to take over their critical infrastructure, and America should not allow China to take over our critical infrastructure. I didn't allow it when I was president, and I won't allow it when we become president again. Oh, God. I don't even know what he's saying. You're not, like, no one listens to what he said. We're just off air to laughing about Chinese bakeries. Do they exist? Is there such yeah, a thing as a sure? I'm going to find one. We're number gonna... 17, your noodle pie is ready. <laughs> Come, number 17. Oh, God. <laughs> Rosenberg, Rosenberg. Oh, you're funny, Lou. Oh, you too, Phil. We got a great one-two punch about to come your way. Once again, a rough date with Governor Kathy Hochul. We're going to speak to Governor David Patterson. He's a great guest coming up next. And then Bill O'Reilly. How's that for a one-two punch? Then we'll do a football spot at 9.05. Probably Paul Schwartz who covers the New York Giants on a daily basis. Giants and Eagles come your way on Saturday night. We'll play Sid's Take coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Today is Thirsty Thursday. Some of your favorite alcoholic beverages. So a lot more really good stuff to come on this. The number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's me, that's us. Sid and Friends in the morning with Echo and the Bunnymen. Right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 
Macedonia. Is this Boston Celtic Golden State Warrior game tonight a big game <clears throat> in Boston? Big, it's probably as big of a deal as any regular season game could be. Is it really? It's defending champ. It's the finals matchup. Last, or rematch. Right, right, that's right. right. The finals rematch. And, and Steph Curry's, Curry's back. back. Yes. Right, right. The Celtics are the best team in the league. Sure, why not? It's a big game tonight. Sure. Yeah. Boston going to win big? I think they're going to win. Is, is Jason Tatum right now like the best player in the game? No. No. But he's no. One, of, one of the five best players. One of the, the five. Okay. He's really, really good. All right. Thank you. Uh, we got a lot of football coming up this weekend. Big games, including the Giants. So we've got the governor, David Patterson, on the phone right now. And, of course, he's here to talk about Hochul and her huge loss yesterday with Sal LaSalle, I should say, not being confirmed. But before we get to the whole LaSalle story, I've heard Governor Patterson on this station before make football picks. And we've got four huge games coming up this weekend. So here he is, our version of Hank Goldberg, the great Governor David Patterson. Good morning, Governor. Well, as a Jets fan, you would think that I wouldn't be rooting for the Giants, but I actually am. And something makes me think that the Giants may upset the Eagles. That would be my my big pick for... uh, This is why you're a great New Yorker and a great governor right there, Patterson. You bet your ass you're going to beat the Eagles. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's start with game one, though. Right now, the Chiefs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Jacksonville. Who does Governor Patterson like? Well, Jacksonville, who stunned the football world, and Trevor Lawrence now establishing that he should have been the number one pick. Um, we'll probably give the Chiefs a run for their money, but I think uh, I think in the end, Kansas City will win that game. So you like Kansas City to win, but you would take Jacksonville plus the points. All right, clearly the Saturday night game, the Giants are now getting seven and a half. If you think the Giants could win the game outright, then you like the Giants plus the points too, yes? Yes, I do. All right. Sunday afternoon, big game in Buffalo. The Bills right now a four-point favorite over the Bengals. Who does Governor Patterson like? Well, you know, Buffalo's had a tough week uh, down in Albany, so. Uh, <laughs> but I think that the Bills <laughs> will defeat the Bengals on Sunday. All right, by by more than four but, points. But uh, uh, yeah, I think they'll win by more than four points. All right, and finally, the nightcap on Sunday night: the San Francisco Forty ers right now a three and a half point favorite over the Dallas Cowboys. Who does Governor Patterson like? This is really maybe the hardest game to pick. And uh, Dallas has been surprising toward the end of the year and not so much in the beginning. But I'm going to take the 49ers and give the Cowboys a point. All right, there you go. Uh, Governor David Patterson likes another two underdogs plus the points on Saturday, the Jaguars and the Giants. And he likes both favorites, Buffalo and San Francisco on Sunday. Now, uh, Kathy, there you go. Well done, Governor. Kathy Hochul yesterday, just 18 days after being sworn in, loses. Loses. This is a very, very big loss. Some are saying very embarrassing. 10 to 9, the vote. LaSalle does not get confirmed. I'll ask you the same question I asked Judge Napolitano. How embarrassing is this for Kathy Hochul? Well, you know, it's hard to say that it's as embarrassing for her as people are saying. I know that that a lot of people don't like a lot of her policies and that kind of thing. But think about this. The, the, The senators basically wrote a letter to her. They told her the names of judges that she couldn't pick, that right. wouldn't get through. Right. They also told her the names of, of judges that should pick. So in other words, they decided to displace the whole process on their own. She uh, went ahead and picked uh, 
one of the judges, Mr. LaSalle, who I think is, is widely respected, and I think he showed why yesterday at the hearing. Then they come up with this new idea that they don't have to have the whole Senate vote, that a committee of the Senate, who they put more members on just to make sure, uh, shot her down uh, and shot her choice down yesterday. And now they're saying that the whole Senate doesn't have to confirm it, that the committee did, which would be the first time I've ever heard of something like that happening in New York history. So I don't know that it's as, as embarrassing for Hochul as it is whoever had been the governor. Uh, let's say... Well, 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 let me stop. Well, let me stop you for a second, because like Melissa DeRosa, for example, on with me and Kat yesterday, even Judge Napolitano on this show earlier today, they did point the finger at Hochul. They said almost no other, other governor would this happen. They didn't make they didn't make it like a, a, a circumstance. They said it goes back to her because, quote, she doesn't have a clue. That's not fair. Well, but what what I'm saying, Sid, is that the appointment of that particular judge, he was it, it, apparently it was not going to be whoever she appointed. Had Zeldin won the election, he'd be well. He wouldn't have been able to uh, select until he got into office in January. But he would have run into the same problem. They would have done the same thing to him. This is something that uh, a kind of renegade Senate has done on on their own. It, you know, it's always easy to blame the person at the top. But they said she's clueless. All right, since they have all the clues, what should she have done that she didn't do in this process? I don't know. That's a good question. You tell me. She did what the the Constitution said to do. She picked a judge. And she um, sent the judge to a committee. They not only vote her down in the committee, they won't even have a full vote of the Senate. That would have been the easiest thing for them to do, is to just bring him out of the committee Say the committee has voted not to recommend him, let the full Senate vote on it, and we would no longer be talking about this because they would have followed the rules. They didn't follow the rules. They arrogantly, and I think this is outrageous, they disqualified judges before they even got to the, to the Senate process. Yeah, yeah. And these people can blame Hochul. Look, there'll be plenty of things to blame Hochul for uh, Judge Napolitano. There'll be plenty of things. For John Katzmatidis to blame Hochul for, but no one can tell me what should she have done differently. Judge Napolitano thinks this thing is over. I've heard people say she's going to sue, take it to the floor. He said about 30 minutes ago, look, Sid, it's over. LaSalle is done. Your thoughts? I think it's over in the sense that if she goes to, uh, if she sues, and I think she'll win because it didn't say a Senate committee confirms her. It says the entire Senate does. It's clear language in the law. But if they have to take it back, they will simply uh, bring it to the floor and, and vote it down. However, they could have done that in the first place. But it was not only that they wanted to not have this judge. It's apparently that they think, as the Senate, that they rule on all the judges. And that's never been what the Constitution provided. You know, i got to tell you, as a layman, Governor David Patterson, I'm not Bill O'Reilly, I'm not Sean Hannity, I haven't done this for 25 years. I'm basically a sports guy who's very bright. I remember. Yeah, you remember. I care about a lot of stuff, so I've been given this opportunity to speak on behalf of most people who are like me, who are not inundated with all this stuff every day, looking at the minutiae, just regular people. 
And I never really realized how powerful people like Andrea Stewart Cousins are. I mean, here she is at the center of bail reform. Here she is at the center of this confirmation hearing yesterday. Why does somebody like her have so much power in our state? Well, I think that the Senate did have the power as an entire body to reject the nomination. We've seen that happen in the federal government where uh, United States Supreme Court judges were rejected by the United States Senate. But I think this particular act is going beyond the authority that anybody who had anything to do with the Constitution or interpreting the Constitution ever would have actually forecast. Why would you actually write down the names of who you're telling the governor to pick for uh uh, for, for judge, and, and I do think that the courts will demand that the entire Senate confirm this judge. I, it, it, judge Napolitano is right. In the end, he's apparently not going to be seated. However, now they have to get another judge, and I guess the Senate believes that they should pick the judge, hmm. which I think is outrageous. Uh, it, it's not what was. Uh, you know, suggested to us in our Constitution. Right. And it certainly is uh, a power grab that I think is, is, is unfortunate. Is the issue here that this guy LaSalle was a bit too conservative for these really leftist folks with the legislator? Well, here's the part, Sid, that is going to make you fall on the floor. The last couple of judges that have been selected are considered to be um, more conservative than where the court had been. So I actually agree with the senators that uh, the court was moving more to the right. I, I agree with that. However, uh, when that happened, the same senators voted for those judges. They didn't say a word then when the judge was Governor Cuomo. And they didn't do anything except confirm them. Well, there you now go. They they, well, hold, hold on. You're making the argument right then and there. They wanted less conservative judges, but they wouldn't mess around with Andrew Cuomo. They had no issue shooting down Kathy Hochul yesterday. So it does go back to Kathy Hochul. Well, I don't think so, because they gave no indication that there was a problem. They only came up with this idea when they didn't like the commission which they have a right to. They didn't like the commission that put forth the seven nominees from which she picked one of them. You see, this is why you can't blame the governor. She picked from the seven nominees that the commission gave her. Then they basically said, even before the, the, uh, the uh, selection was made, that they weren't taking any of the judges on that, that seven. So what, what this is, is she happens to be on duty when this process got out of control at this particular time. I'll be happy to come on, uh, even though I'm a Democrat and I'm a friend of hers, and be critical of other things she did yeah. when, I, when that happened. Yeah, no, you, in this particular yeah, yeah, yeah. situation, yeah, 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 I think she's no. getting a bad rap. You're not going to do that. Let's be honest, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, oh, no, Sid. Now, no, I know. Bet. You add that to the four uh, games this weekend. I'll do it. No, no, I, I know you will. That's why I bring you on, even though you're a okay. Democrat and I'm a Republican, because you happen to be 
a common sense. You're very, you're brilliant, by the way. You're brilliant. But you're a common sense guy, and I love when you come on, and I appreciate what you're saying, and I, I believe you will be critical when that time comes. Well, but if, clearly if, here, you're, you're not being critical enough. Not enough. No. Well, if, if, if you remember, I, I publicly, it, the New York Post reported that I said, why did she decide to take the judge at this particular time? Like, right as she's coming into office. Now, I was wrong because the constitutional mandate forced her to do it. But I didn't think about that at the point. But I was just wondering, why you just got reelected. Why would you do it at this time? Mm. I realize now that that was wrong. But at the time, I was willing to make the criticism because I didn't understand why she would get into this turmoil coming right before her inauguration. Got it. Hey, listen, you're great. I loved having you on. Let's do this again very, very soon. I got Bill O'Reilly coming up next. But you the man, Governor Patterson. Thank you so much. Uh, by By the way, Sid, one other thing. President Xi of China made a speech that was online in 1998. He wasn't president yet, talking about world communism, and he meant Chinese communism, taking over the world by 1949. He basically made the same speech as president three years ago in 2020. Those speeches are online. If you go and get them, the Chinese government now knows everything about your whole background. But what you were talking about earlier is extremely dangerous, and that is China taking over the country, not with nuclear warheads, but putting money into universities and the like. Oh, TikTok, too. They know everything about me from TikTok, all my kids. Hey, uh, thank you, Governor Patterson. We'll take a short break. When we get back, we'll talk to the man himself, the great Bill O'Reilly. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, folks, he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com. His interviews, his TV shows, his columns, all amazing, killing series, doing a tremendous job. On with us every Thursday, John Katsimatidis every Monday. And, of course, uh, his morning message on this show at 7.20 every morning is really good stuff. And, in fact, Bill, I want to start right there today because... On your morning message today, you told a story, which I don't think most people know about. I did because you and I spoke earlier, but about these three little girls apprehended by the Mexican government, or picked up, I should say, all five years and younger. And you talked about this video, which is heart-wrenching, that most people don't even know about. Tell us about that. You have to start with uh, the, the fact that the Biden administration has allowed an open border. They say they haven't, but everybody knows that's the truth. You don't get five and a half million people in two years, foreign nationals, coming across the southern border unless it's open, and record amounts of hard drugs accompanying those people. All right? So that's the fact. So earlier uh, this month, There were three little girls on an island in the Rio Grande River near Eagle Pass, Texas, but on Mexican territory. And they're a little bit younger, uh, because we researched it yesterday. Nine, seven, and 18 months. Wow. All sisters from El Salvador. They're there on the river, looking at the river in the bush, 
crying. Mexican authorities hear that, go in, and there are the girls. Now, if they had gotten into the river, they would have been dead. They would have drowned. Right. Okay. They take the girls, and they photograph it. It's on tape. And I saw it on a very obscure Internet site. I said, what the deuce is this? Um, check this out. It, it checks out 100%. And those girls are now in a foster care situation in Mexico, which is not you know, a place you want kids to be. Right. No adults around anywhere. None. Now, you know that there were adults that took these kids from El Salvador to the Rio Grande River and get there by themselves, but they could be dead. Cartels could have killed them. They could have abandoned the girl. Nobody knows. Not a word, not a word from the Biden administration, from Chuck Schumer, from Kristen Gillibrand, from any liberal politician at all. Not a word. And worse than that, the networks had this video, because I ran it last night on the No Spin News, all right, on BillOReilly.com. They didn't run it. <laughs> of course they didn't. Oh, right. Of course they didn't. And when you say, of course they didn't, some people would say, well, why? Because they don't want to make Biden look bad. I mean, the document thing is the same story, Bill. Him and Donald Trump basically, basically do this. Right. And it's Trump. Volume. Right. Right. Okay. But, but here we have, in the 1960s when I was in college, the liberal sweep came into the United States. Peace, love, rock and roll. Give peace a chance. John and Yoko. Everybody's got the peace symbol. That's, that's what liberalism what? Hey, by the way, by the way, just a quick note for you, talking about the peace and all that stuff. Today happens to be Janis Joplin's birthday. There you go. Yeah. Great, great singer. Um, anyway, and millions of Americans became liberal because they didn't want war. They didn't want violence. They wanted to protect people. They were rooting for the underdog, um, civil rights. The people are getting hammered. We're on their side. What happened to that? What happened to that? So now you've got an amazingly horrific human rights problem on our southern border. It's a human rights problem. Silence. Silence. They're cowards. Oh. You know, it's funny, Bill, in that everything you say I basically agree with. The only little point of contention you and I have had on these amazing Thursday conversations, which is the reason why I'm number one, by the way, thanks to you. Um, the only thing I'm, you have, have uh, called Biden, you talked about apathy, and he's not all there. And I'm always saying, listen, I don't like the guy. There's more evil than, and I think I heard you say a couple of days ago that you're kind of almost there with me. You're at the point, I don't like the guy. Is this a tipping point, the border? Well, the border has always been my number one issue, going way, way back to uh, the O'Reilly factor, um, because I understand how dangerous the cartels are. And two things happened recently that made me personally dislike Joe Biden. Number one was that cynical Three Amigos show in Mexico City, <laughs> where the three of them sat there and stood there. <laughs> yeah. And ignored this whole human rights issue. It's Mexico's fault 
that this is happening. And Biden will take no action against Mexico. Trump did. And because Trump did, Mexico was forced to put its army on the border with Guatemala, which stopped a lot of this. And they were forced to put the army on the northern border with the United States. Biden, first day in office, all right, wiped out all of the impediments that Trump had put in. All of them. The second one that really, really knocked me. Let me guess. I'm going to guess. If I'm wrong, just tell me. The second one was the speech he made MLK Day. A hundred percent. See how brilliant you've become talking to me? <laughs> it's true. Before Rosenberg started talking to me, I got, I got to say, mid-level intellect. Maybe. At now, best. Now, even his wife's impressed. His wife's going, boy, you really, you really schooled him. Um, so it's Martin Luther King Day, and, and he's down there in King's Church in Atlanta dividing the American people, telling blacks, hey, America hoses you, still does it. You're getting a bad deal here in this country, and I, Joe Biden, I'm going to make it better, which is a whole bunch of garbage. Biden's not going to make anything better, okay, because he's lazy and he, he's simply incompetent. So when I saw that, I said, this is a day when you're supposed to celebrate the achievements and the things that have improved because of Dr. King. Right. right. Not, <laughs> not foster division and hatred and grievance, and, but he doesn't get any of this. And that's what's frightening about 80 million people voting for this man, because you voted for a cipher. No, 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 no. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. No, I know. 80 voted million voted against, against Donald Trump, exactly. But still... It, you knew, you knew this guy. I, I, I mean, you had to know. I remember telling liberal friends of mine on a beach in Suffolk County, um, if you vote for Biden, and they're big libs, and, and, they, and they started in the 60s and they remain to this day, he's going to hurt you personally. He's going to hurt your wallet. He's going to hurt you financially. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And Oh, oh, oh. Well, today, today their net worth's down about 20%. Wow. Well, listen, even Donald Trump came out of the uh, the woods yesterday after a brutal December. He put up some some video on his uh, truth, whatever, social, whatever it is. And uh, he's going on and on about China. And he referred to the Biden family two or three times as the corrupt Biden crime family. So now you're at your wit's end with Biden. Now everybody's really quick to call him a crime family. Is that an exaggeration from Donald Trump or or pretty accurate? Well, look, I mean, Trump's doing the same thing to Biden that the Democratic Party did to him. So I haven't seen the president uh, or talked to him in a while, but I I think I'm going to talk to him uh, upcoming. I'm going to say, look. Wait until the facts are in. Hyperbole at this point gets us nowhere. There are enough facts to show that after two years, remember, next week will be two years that Biden has sworn in. Okay? This is a disaster that it's James Buchanan, Herbert Hoover, and Joe Biden. I mean, the three worst. You took Jimmy Carter right out of the mix, huh? Well, Carter was a one-termer who screwed it up, but it got unscrewed. I don't know, uh, you know, the damage that Biden is doing to the country. 
It's good, particularly with the massive amount of spending. I mean, and this is another thing that galls me. I put the deficit down. I drove the deficit down. You know how he drove it down? How? They stopped the COVID checks. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. how the deficit fell. Yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Okay, that was just by law. We're going to have COVID checks up to this point, and then they're going to stop. And he takes credit for driving the deficit down because the COVID. And he it's doesn't true. say it's that. True. It's true. No, you're right. But you know what's ironic here is that you're about to say that at least after Carter, Ronald Reagan came in and saved us. And I've heard a lot of comparisons, which may or may not be correct, a lot of comparisons between Trump and Reagan. Here's Trump's chance to be really Reagan if, in fact, he wins again and tries to save us from this Biden disaster. Well, Trump did a good job on policy, generally speaking, in the four years, but you never know it because he didn't, you know, I was on Cuomo last night, and Cuomo even admitted, Chris Cuomo even admitted on News Nation that Trump did a good job stemming migration, illegal migration. He admitted it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So all Trump would have to do if he wins again is come back and do what he did. He cut taxes, uh, invigorate the uh, fossil fuel industry, which drives the left nuts because we're all going to die for global warming. <laughs> and, you know, in California, they're already underway. All right. They're going to, you know, it's raining every hour on the hour now. Um, but I, I just get so angry at people who just say, I'm liberal, I'm noble, I want to help humanity, I want to. And they look at this border thing and they don't say a word. Nothing. I mean, it just drives me nuts. Um, well, how much time we got? For you, four minutes. How about that? Excellent. All right, Giants, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Let's okay. Right. So my heart is with the Giants, and the Giants could win. Oh, no, what is it? But you, I, I know your heart's with the Giants, and you're a great New York treasure, but you were a Jet fan, right? Yes. Okay. I'm, The Jets are my number one team, but that's like rooting for cardboard in a windstorm. (laughs) I mean, I know, I know. It's been a long time. You you go. I I really hope you guys win a few games. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny? You're close, and so am I. Both of us are close with Joe Namath. I know you're very close with Joe. Uh, Great guy. We'll talk about Joe. Um, but, yeah, he, anyway, but, but he came on my show a couple of months ago. Even he admitted at this point he can't get upset about the Jets. It's no, so- I mean, it's, it's, you're just, it's like the 62 Mets. You know right. you know what's right. going to happen. Marv Thronberry is going to drop a throw, and it's over. It's just going to happen. But the Giants are there. And, and even if you don't like football, and, and there's a lot of people, like, I don't care about it. It's good for the city. It's good for the area. It's exciting. Saturday night. Okay. But so much pressure is on Daniel Jones. Never been there before. Okay? Never been in the playoffs before. The whole team is depending on him. He's the offense, not Saquon Barkley. Barkley's a good player. He's a good runner. But it's got to be Daniel Jones. And I'm sitting there going, I know the Eagles are going to try to tear his legs off. All right? They're going to put a spy on him, which means that there's going to be the meanest guy on the the Philadelphia team is going to follow wherever he goes and try to just whack him every two minutes. And, And for a kid, a young man, to be put into that situation 
is very daunting because Philadelphia is a good team. All right, they're they're organized, well coached, good skilled players. Now the Giants could win, but Jones is going to have to play his A game like he played in Minnesota, and it's so much to ask for him. But you know the rivalry between Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, which if you go to Philadelphia, you're hysterical by that. Are you kidding me? Right. And I'm not disparaging Philly. The people who live in Philly mock. Oh please, the city I, of brotherly I, love. I, I will right? disparage. How many other football stadiums had jails and judges downstairs inside the stadium? Come right, on. and people don't know, but they had hangman's nooses, you know, right outside the visitor's locker room. This is a tough place, okay? Benjamin Franklin would not recognize it. It's a tough – and New York's a tough place. But we're so much bigger than Philadelphia, and we have more – I mean, if you want to see a play, you're not going to Broad Street. You're going to Broadway. Okay? So there's a little jealousy down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they want to kick our tushes up here. I'm not sure the giant players, the younger ones, understand the animus there. Oh, they don't. No. No, this goes no, all this goes, Let me tell you, Bill, this goes all the way back to one of the most famous hits in the history of the NFL when Chuck Bednarik nearly killed Frank Gifford. Frank, that's very good. Frank Gifford, uh, the golden boy of the Giants when they played at Yankee Stadium, and this mean, nasty Bednarik <laughs> gave him a concussion, and Gifford never recovered. He never. couldn't play running back anymore. They had to put him out as a receiver. That's Still right. brilliant. That's right. Uh, but that was, yeah. But that was vicious. Anyway, uh, go Giants. Uh, go Daniel Jones. I'm hoping I wouldn't bet the game. You wouldn't take the eight points? No, I wouldn't take them. Wow, okay. Fair enough. Uh, it, it is scary because if there's going to be a blowout on Saturday, to your point, it'll be the Eagles, not the Giants. But the Giants can still win, so it is a weird, uh, a weird dichotomy. Either way, go Daniel Jones, go Giants, go Bill O'Reilly. Another amazing appearance on the way out, killing the legends, killing the killers, killing everything. What's the new deal today on BillOReilly.com? Well, tonight we're going to go into um, how this country needs to wise up because there are so many people who are just not paying attention. And as I related earlier, you know, when I told people we have to demand here that our elected politicians do something, solve problems. You can't just vote and get them in there. And then I think we should all go over to George Santos's house if he has a house. I think he lives in a, a tree house, I think, pretty near me. And we just throw him in the Long Island Sound and let him just paddle away. I mean, oh God. that is a story district, like. And I, I mean, I'm walking out going, come on, George. I know. I know. What a crazy you know, story. Yeah. It's over. Now he's a drag singer down in Brazil. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. What a what a uh, what a story, Bill! You're amazing. You're great. This is a great appearance. We'll do it again next Thursday. Go Giants! Thank you so much. Okay, Sid. you're the best, you're the absolute best. He's right. George Santos was a drag singer in Brazil. That was a heck of a conversation. What didn't we cover there? Me and Bill O'Reilly. Diners in New York City. We didn't do that. You're right. Or or everybody's favorite, the Chinese bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Bill O'Reilly's been to a couple. Of Have those. you Googled those now? Uh, no. 
You said you found a lot of Chinese bakeries. There are some that exist. No, they do not exist. No, no, stop. That was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Even I admit it. All right, fourth and final hour coming up. There's one in particular, Sid. <laughs> I'll have the shrimp fried tiramisu. You don't know about it. Nobody knows about it. Nine o'clock hour with us, Sid and friends, coming up. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! Glenn Fry here, the former Great Eagles band member. This was a solo song he did. Yesterday was the anniversary of Glenn Fry's death. How many years now? About 20? I mean, about seven. Excuse me, about seven, yeah. It was the year I came back to New York. I came back to New York January 26th. Did the first show at Bernard January 27th. And Glenn Fry died like a week before that. Okay, another rock star you killed. That's uh, right. Basically. So, so I've killed Jeff Beck? Yeah, the list is pretty big. <laughs> We big, belong to the and city. And big names, too. Big names, know. yes. Rod Stewart, be careful. Oh, that's right. He's next. I uh, want to send a shout-out to my good buddy John listening right now and his partner Ricky and Ricky's son, Ricky. They own a bunch of those Baya bars. I love those places. My daughter Ava loves the hockey bowl. So good morning to John, Ricky, and Ricky at the Baya bar, listening as they do every morning here on 77 W. Been a great show today. Governor David Patterson, Bill O'Reilly, Judge Napolitano, but now I bring on a legend, a true icon and legend, a man that was my partner at WFAN for many years. He's still there doing shows, I guess, on Mondays and Saturdays, but of course he comes out with me a bunch. He's the great Joe Beningo. Good morning, Joseph. Sydney Arthur. You know, I, I, I saw you down at the border with your buddy Eric Adams. I mean, I... I, I <laughs> All, all of a sudden, like, you and him are like, you're tight, you two guys. Is now, that, right? Can I ask you, is that like a, 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 a hallway discussion at WFAN that I'm buddies with the mayor? No, not no. at all. This is, I, don't, I don't even think anybody knows it but me. No, everybody I mean, I knows just, it. No, everybody uh, knows it. Everybody. That's a, yeah. Well, I see, and I see you on all the time now with Kilmeade. I, I got yeah. some issues, by the way. Tell Kilmeade next time you see him. I got some issues with Kilmeade. Oh, what's the matter? What? What's the matter? Well, I don't want to get into it on here now. But I got, I got you know, he's a little, he, oh, a little bit wishy-washy, Kilmeade. What are you talking? Why, because well, he likes Eric Adams like me? What's that? Why, because he likes the mayor? No, 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 no. That's nothing to do with that. Just there's some things that he, you know, he bothers me a little bit. So you could tell him. You tell him, and I'm sure he doesn't. Well, how can I, I mean, possibly I, I, tell him? I don't him. even think he knows who I am. But you could just tell, tell, kill uh, me, and I got some problems. He know. First of all, he started in sports. Do you know that the very first job that Mark Lepselter ever offered me? Was to do a sports show with Brian Kilmeade back in 1997? No, I did yes. not. I got, next time I talk to the great one, I, I'll have to talk to him. I yeah. did not know that. So Kilmeade knows who you are. He's a fan of yours. But I can't yell at him if you're not telling me what to yell at him about. Well, I can't. You know, I, I, I have to sit down with Brian myself. <laughs> you, man, you need to sit him. down? I, I, don't, I don't want to get into it. I got, like I said, it, I have a few issues with Brian. We'll leave okay. it at that. All right. All right. We'll move on from Brian Kilmeade <laughs> and Eric Adams and get to the, uh, the football this weekend. But before we do that, 
It's playoffs. That means the Jets aren't playing. Sorry, well, Joe. Of course. Of course. <laughs> nice job. Nice, nice collapse by my football team again. You yes. know what I mean? I know. Six straight I losses. I don't have enough time to, to recite all the years that they collapsed. No, I know, you know that. But, all the but, different coaches that I know. have been part of the collapses. I don't have time. You know? But listen, since name it, they've been one game away four times, twice with Sanchez, once Testaverde, once Richard Todd. But for the most right. part, outside of a couple of big years out of Kenny O'Brien, the quarterback play has been pathetic. Well, Zach Wilson coach i mean let's oh, that's be true too that's too. true too not, and let me say this too bro not only don't have a coach they don't have a stadium they still play in, in giant stadium i mean it's a joke <laughs> that's true but you need a quarterback this kid zach wilson is no good what are the jets gonna do with quarterback i don't know i want Derek Carr. really yeah i do well what has Derek Carr done in oakland and vegas that convinces uh, he hasn't you done, he hasn't done a lot but, the, but but my point is with him i think you get a guy like him uh get a change of scenery he's only 32 how many quarterbacks are just fine look at look at gino He's 32. Look, look at him now yeah. with Seattle. I know he, well, he didn't have a good game against the Niners, but then who will? Who is going to? Um, you know, I think Derek Carr changes scenery. Get him here in, 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 in this situation with the weapons on his team, and I think uh, you got something with him. Okay. He, my, my biggest thing with Derek Carr, he plays. He's healthy. To me, that's, that's the biggest thing. Well, that's uh, why I don't want Lamar. I want no part of Lamar. No, 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 Lamar. Let me ask you then about Brady. Most people seem to think he is going to play one more year. The Patriots, the Titans, right. maybe the, the Raiders. Raiders. Right. What right. do you think? Uh, I, look, I don't think he's the same quarterback anymore, to be very honest. I mean, he's keep, keep jumping. That guy's going to be 46 years old. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, look, he, come, he comes off a bad year. I know they won the division, but the division stunk. They were under 500. By the way, Todd Bowles is a te- Nobody talks about it. <laughs> Todd Bowles is a terrible head coach. He did a great job I mean, with when, you guys. When is somebody going to realize that one of the reasons the Bucks stunk is because Todd Bowles was the coach? I mean, let's, let's, you know, let's be real about it, but that's okay. We'll leave, we'll leave that alone right now. Um, I think now that Giselle dumped him, I think there's a good chance that he will play next year. Yeah. Me too. I think he will too. All right, let's get to the uh, the big games at hand. Uh, what yes. we've seen, you know, you talk about coaching, and you're right, uh, Joe, outside of a couple of years with Rex Ryan and Bill Parcells, it has not been a great run for the Jets. And we see this year how much coaching means. Brian Dayball, for the most part, Tremendous. has the same roster. And all of a sudden, Daniel Jones is a star. Barkley's a star. Uh, what about Daniel Jones? How impressed? Uh, um, he's like he's become Josh Allen now, you know. And I and I said it all year. I mean, this guy nobody did more with less than Daniel Jones. I mean, look, I think he deserves MVP consideration. Now I know he's not going to get it, but I know one thing: he's going to get some big big money coming his way. There's no doubt about that. I know he's a, he's been phenomenal. He had a tremendous game last week. The Giants are getting better. I mean, the Giants right now are playing their best football of the year. They're getting better as the weeks go on. And they're, they're dangerous against the Eagles on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. Jalen Hurts is the same Hurts we saw two weeks ago, not healthy yet. Uh, the Davis-Webb team took him to – I know they just needed to get to win the Eagles, but right. who knows? I mean, do you think that game with Webb in there and the Giants making it so close gives the Giants confidence for this Saturday? Well, they should be confident anyway. I mean, you know, I mean, you know they made the playoffs. They beat a, a, a pretty good Viking team, although their defense is terrible. Um, they should be confident, no doubt about it. I don't know where the Eagles are. You know, Eagles are not playing well. You know, they, they lost that game to the Cowboys late in the year. I know Minshew was the quarterback, but he actually played pretty well in that game. He did. They lost a real bad game the week after that to the Saints at home, which, I, you know, to me made no sense at all. And, you know, let's be honest, with Davis Webb, like you said, playing quarterback, you know, the Giants played him pretty tough in that game with the Eagles trying to, you know, uh, get yeah. that number one seed. So well, I don't, I don't I think, think there's the any – a real shot. There's no it, question right now the great uh, Joe Benning 
Ringo, WFN, joining me right here. My former partner, there's no question the team to beat in the NFC is not the Eagles. It's the 49ers. Uh, Does Dallas give them a game on Sunday night? Uh, I think they do. I I think Dallas's defense is very good. Micah Parsons may be the best defensive player in the league right now. Uh, I think their defense is good. I think they're going to play him tough. Uh, I really do. I think uh, the one thing, though, you know, in the game against the Bucks. You know, the Bucks can't run the ball at all. I mean, Brady threw like 70 passes in that game, whatever it is. They can't run. <laughs> and you know the Niners are going to run the football with McCaffrey. They're going to run the football here on Dallas. So I think they'll beat the Cowboys, but I, I think it'll – I don't know if they'll cover the three and a half, but I think it'll be a game, yes. Now, what about the Bills and Bengals? I'm talking to lots of folks that think the Bengals – it's on the road. We know that uh, this right. game is in Buffalo. That the Bengals right now are the best team in the AFC, better than Kansas City, better than Buffalo, going back to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win in Orchard Park on Sunday afternoon. Is that a bit much? Uh, and it was very – look, Buffalo was very fortunate to beat a depleted Miami team. Should have lost the game. Let's be honest about it. I thought Mike McDaniel had a rough day coaching, but that's me. Uh, it would be nice they get a playoff and they didn't have to exhaust all their timeouts. Josh Allen did not play well in that game. I give the Bengals a real shot. I still think Kansas City's the team. One thing I really, why, one of the reasons I can't stand Buffalo, by the way, I can't. I, I want to see him go. Sean McDermott, I look at him, I get sick. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I hate the Bills yeah. for obvious reasons. I'm a Jet fan. I hate everybody in the division. I was actually rooting for Miami because I wanted to see the Bills out. Right. Knowing Miami would have lost for sure to the Chiefs. So, but whatever. I give the Bengals a real shot, but here's the thing. I want the Bengals to win because I don't want to see the AFC championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs. At a neutral site. Stupid. In Atlanta. Stupid. I know. Stupid. In Atlanta. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something, Joe, Joe, Joe. I I saw that game Monday night. I was destroyed. I was up till three. I didn't sleep. I was so worried about Hamlin, who, by the way, I never heard of before that day. The next two days, I was really upset. But by the time it got to Friday and Saturday, and ESPN was still doing their nonsense, wearing his jerseys backwards and all that, I'm like, the guy survived. He got hurt playing football right, they they right. turned it so perverse i couldn't stand it yeah well he's thank god he's doing well no doubt about it uh the only thing i will say is i've seen i was actually at the game dennis bird got paralyzed okay? yeah yeah and uh yep. you know they kept playing football but that's I, I don't want to get into all that i'm i'm happy hamlin is doing well yeah thank me god too yeah so you think kansas city takes on in the end it's casey buffalo are you still going Eagles Niners? No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm taking it. I like the Bengals. I certainly like the Bengals getting five and a half points in this game. Me too. Love them. So, but you think the Bengals are going to win outright too? Uh, yeah, I think they. I think they will. I so, think they're going to win out. I think Buffalo. Uh, I don't like the way the Bills are playing. Okay. Uh, look, the Bengals were lucky too. I mean, let's be honest. If Tyler Huntley doesn't decide to try to, you know, jump, put the ball over the goal line from two yards out, you know, who knows? Maybe the Ravens win that. Game. Right. I, mean, I know. I know. I mean, Shocking. the Bengals were very, very fortunate. Uh, no doubt about. Look, right now, yes, me right now. I, I think we're looking at a Chief Niner champ, uh, Super Bowl. Me That's too. What I think. Me too. Kansas City, same thing. All right. Let's. Uh, by, by the way, both teams that Joe Montana played for. Let's go yes. to uh, hockey tonight. I'll be at the Garden taking Danielle Rangers Bruins. Huge game. My second Ranger game in a week. By the way, uh, wow. Ran- Rangers are playing good hockey right now. Joseph, our hockey club. What do you think? Uh, I, I think they got a real shot. I think they're a legitimate, uh, you know, Stanley Cup contender. But here's the bottom line, bro. They, they look, you got to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. They got to win. 
Yeah, I mean, right. I mean right. enough. I mean, we've no. seen enough of these runs, the entire Henrik Lundqvist era. Overrated. A big run <laughs> and making the playoffs, making a big run every year and never winning. Right. And we saw that last year, too. You know what I mean? A nice run last year. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Carolina. They're up, uh, you know, they're up in the series with two and all, two all, whatever it was against Tampa. They wound up blowing that too. I mean, they got to win. I mean, at some point, they got to win the cup. One hundred percent. It's only been twenty nine years now. Already, you know, like, right? We forget. Like, we got to like, wait. Yes, fi- no, it's twenty nine years know. ago we, now. We had to wait fifty plus. We got it in ninety four. Now it's almost thirty years again. Right. By the, the way, can I say this too? My football team, the Jets, are now at fifty four years. <laughs> you know, when the when the Rangers, right? The Rangers. It was fifty four years to win the cup. And the Rangers, it was like this romantic, like it was like so romanticized. You know, they used to chant 1940 on the island and all that. Nobody's chanting 1968. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, nobody cares. Like, nobody right. cares. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the Jets have okay. no identity, no, no home field. They got nothing. They think, yeah. And nobody cares that it's been – only <laughs> I care that it's been 54 freaking years since they've even been to a Super Even Joe Namath stopped caring. Last one – Correa ends up staying in Minnesota. That was a disaster for the Giants, the Mets, the Twins. Right. It looks like the Mets are all set. Is this team ready to vie for the World Series? Well, they're going to vie for the World Series. The question is, are they going to collapse again when they get to the playoffs? I mean, they're going to win 100 games, 101 games again, and then stick it up our rear end when they, get to, when they play <laughs> uh, San Diego in the first round? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I mean what, you know, that's that's the point. But, I mean, but, they, but do you agree they're a better team now? Verlander and Seth Degrom, the other starters in that rotation. Do you agree they're a better team now than they were last year? Uh, I think on paper they probably are. Remember one thing, you know, Degrom, the guy hardly pitched last year. I mean, he he wasn't great when he did. I could still see them hitting home run after home run in Oakland, and I didn't see Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando on the A's. You know what I mean? Reggie <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not even Gene Tennis. No, I'm right. Gene <laughs> Tennis wasn't there. You know what I'm saying, bro? I, I mean, know. Uh, you know, I didn't see Burkamp and Harris and Joe Rudy on that team. <laughs> oh, what a team that was. My God. Don't, Catfish, don't, Hunter, don't Vita me, Blue, that was some me, team. Right, Vita Blue, right, yep. Kenny Holtzman. Don't get me started on 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 Jacob Degrom. You know this guy. Please, don't, I, I got. I'm, I'm not the biggest Degrom fan. Please. Either am I. Either am I. The, and great, the greatest, the greatest six inning pitcher that ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the greatest after another spectacular appearance, Joe Beningo, in your rich tradition of a life, who's the greatest president in your lifetime? The greatest president in my lifetime. Well, you know I love Don. That's although it? I don't think Don can win anymore. I don't think that. What? I, you know, no, I don't think he can win anymore. I got to go with Ron. I, Ron. Ron's my guy. Ron DeSantis. Yes. You backstabbing. Don can win. Why are you backstabbing, son of a? Much, what? Too much propaganda. No, 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 no. Stop it right now. You don't, don't think so? Don't be a backstabbing son of a bitch like the rest of these guys. You I'm, stick I'm with Trump. Backstabbing him. You, I'm not backstabbing him. You look, did. You here's could. Point. Here's what I feel. You want me to say this? We're gonna well, hold, on, this. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't give a rat's ass about politics for sixty years. Donald Trump made you a real Republican, and now you're talking about a guy who's the governor of Florida. Right. He's doing a great job. Who cares? It's one state. What do you want me to tell you? I want the you to say uh, in my got... I may have been George Washington, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was either oh, George or Abe. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know it was it wasn't Calvin Coolidge, oh, I can tell funny. you. That. Oh, that is you're not that old, by the way. You look great. I just saw a picture well, I mean, of you. I, you know, I am pretty old. <laughs> you look great though. Hey, uh, keep coming back before the Super Bowl, will you promise me? 
For you, bro, you know, for you, <laughs> one of the greats of all time. And, and by the way, all, say hello to Lou. I, I know Lou Rafino is still Lou, working. say hello to Joe Beningo. I yelled at Sir Joe before. I miss Joe a lot. I know. Lou, you're not on tour with the band anymore, I guess, because Levon Helm's not with us anymore. He no, died. Not, that's yeah. it. That but we it. talk about him smoking weed with uh, Levon Helm and all that stuff all yeah, the time. Now, now, he, now you could just walk on this, you could walk down 6th Avenue smoking <laughs> weed. You don't have any problem with that. I mean, come on. I never had the problem before anyway. So <laughs> no, I understand. No, Lou, I get it. Believe me, you know, I totally understand. Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, neither did Joe, by the way. Uh, Beningo, right. we love you. You're a legend and you're the best. And Keep coming back. We'll talk to again next week, okay? All the love, boys. All, All the, the love. love. There he is, everybody. The great WFAN legend, my former midday partner. Covered everything there. The great, and I mean the great, Joe Beningo. Lots more to do. Sitting friends on this epic Thursday edition. I'll be right back. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. We walked the loneliest mile. We smiled without any style. We kissed all together wrong, no intention. We've uh, talked about diners today and Chinese bakeries. <laughs> a friend did Tom said they do it. Um, motels, another Sid Rosenberg favorite dating way back to my early days. At I think the it's Windjammer. Her, I think it's her birthday today, too. Oh, the lead singer of the motels? Yeah. What I, is her I, name? Martha Davis. Oh, it is her birthday today. Nice call. You just knew that at the top of your head? I, I keep track of a lot of things. Are I, you a tard or something, bro? Am I a what? A tard. A tard. Yeah. It's the that's the nice way of saying the R E word which you can't say anymore on radio. So we, we chop would... off the R E and we just go with tard. And then it's not offensive anymore. Right, it's not offensive. Are you a tard, bro? No, I don't even get the connection. How, well, you're not if, that if smart. I, if I know something, I I'm just a... said we chop off the re. You're left with tar. Oh, he gets that part. I've got yeah. That part he understands. Oh, what kind of normal the... person would know that the motel's lead singer was her birthday today? Are you today? talking about a savant? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I mean a tard, like on the spectrum. Yeah, like a tard, completely. Yeah, I, I'm, because I, I kind I'm, of because I know that Phil. Then explain it to me. I don't, know, I don't know what the hell he's talking no, about. No, I kind of get it. Like, thank you, Phil. Thank people, you. People, it's something like you know, someone on the spectrum. They would like know something like that. Right. They, they get oh. like obsessive over things. And they remember like very minute details that don't really matter. I can't believe Macedonia Phil is so smart and just explained that so perfectly. Thank you, Philip. Right. Am oh, I a tard? Does that explain? No, you are too. Yes. Does that okay. explain Tourette's of people who come into the control room? Who and has smack Tourette's? You and smack you in the face. Who does just, that? I don't know. What? Are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> is this real? Am I dreaming? Uh, I need you to do me a favor, Phil. That's um, impossible. But what is no, it? No, I'm serious. Okay. It's raining out, so now I can't go too far for lunch. <laughs> okay. So no, don't, <laughs> don't you dare. No, no. Uh, so I'm gonna make my way to the Murray Hill Diner. Okay. 
but uh, you need to print out the menu. So, <laughs> because for some reason, it's yeah. like a 17-page menu. Which I, it's, it's a like, diner. They have every food I know, imaginable. Every time I open the, the stupid menu, it goes right to wraps, and I, and I just stay there. So I've gotten six consecutive days of wraps. I want something else. All right, I'll burn the wrap page. I'll print out the menu, and I'll eat Just the give me the burgers. What kind of burgers they have? They have, like, bacon cheeseburgers or whatever, you know. Yeah. Okay. They give you that great coleslaw. Give them the section with the seafood octopus <laughs> and stuff. That's always on a diner. Oh, you can't have seafood. Dr. John Katsimatidis and Dr. Michelos. You can't have striped bass. You can't have Chilean sea bass. Why you can't have, have trout. Why? Because you're going to die from mercury. What you're do you mean, gonna, why? You're going to die at some point anyway. Who oh, cares? so just make it happen faster with a sure. piece of rainbow trout? Okay. It's What's one it? way to go. Okay. Yeah. Put some trout in your mouth. I'll die smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that really? I can think of other ways I'd rather go than that. D- the, 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 I mean, no. if you die at the diner eating rainbow trout, you're pathetic. <laughs> I don't know if I'd get. I, 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 That's not how I'm going to die. I am, how do you know? I don't know if I would jump to if a fish entree at a diner. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's not. No, no. When I was a little kid and we went to the Minerva Diner on Kings Highway, I would often get the fillet sole. My mom would order that for me. Well, I, I still like liver with onions, too. Liver with onions. You like that? Liver yes. with onions? No, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like that? No, it's just, that sounds I'd disgusting. I'd like to die before that comes to the table. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather no, eat straight mercury than what? You just don't eat know. That. You haven't. It's delicious. I've had liver before. Liver is disgusting. Oh, yeah. it's delicious no, with I, onions. I look at it and I just go <laughs> well, And then my vomit. mother would make Your these. Palate my mother made badass Ugh. salmon croquettes. You ever have those? Yeah. Oh, those are good, right, yeah. Folks, join the 77 WABC VIP club by downloading the app or going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. This week you've got a chance to win a WABC studio tour and meet and greet with the program director, Matt Meany, and <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, by the way, Sid's here too. Yeah, I'm here too. The program Hi, director and me. Join the 77 WABC family as every week we give away prizes to our 77 WABC VIP members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. This week, a lucky 77 WABC VIP member will be chosen to receive a WABC studio tour and meet and greet with me, Sid Rosenberg, and our program director, the very young and handsome Matt Meany. Sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You'll also get a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize. Become a 77 WABC VIP like me. You will not guess what is the first entree on the menu of the Murray Hill Diner. The first entree, uh, the first Murray Hill Diner. How many uh, how many entrees are there? Uh, well, this menu's gigantic. I know. I talk, it's like the Iliad. It's, it's, like, it's like a the, thousand the, pages. I know. Of every uh, food that's ever been I created. actually sat down and got an anxiety attack the first time I was there. I'm like, it, I can't it, eat all this. That's Sitting at diners with the menu. I was at a diner a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend, and it's overwhelming. Overwhelming. Exactly. I have no idea. Yeah. I do like a, a cup of bean soup. You like that? Could you stop? What I, I do, I like. That I, like. I like it's making me sick to my stomach. Really? I want. You don't like a bowl of Yankee bean soup? No, I don't like bean soup. Mm, fine. The first entree is fillet sole. No, it's liver with bacon and onions. <laughs> I, I can't believe you. this. People love it. That's disgusting. Oh, it's so good. Ugh. You got to get it bacon, this week. Uh, in fact, where's Stephanie Bonjour? I want to film this. 
Oh, on Phil to go to the... There's oh. a diner right around the corner. <laughs> the New York no. Diner on Lexington. Oh. I don't think it'll be arable. <laughs> yes, yeah, not on this day. No, it's... Well, well, let me go to my traffic guy, Joe Nolan. Hey, uh, Joe, when you're hitting those uh, lousy diners in Jersey, <laughs> how about liver with onions? Are you a big fan of that? No. I, really? I, but I'm the same thing with you, though. My mother used to make that all the time. She liver did? Liver with onions, yeah. And, I, and I, oh, my father loved it. I couldn't stand it. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, this place you're talking about, they have salmon, they have filet of sole, they have how, shrimp scampi. How do you know? I'm looking at the menu. <laughs> they have... Stuff filet Florentine. What? You're gonna drive from Montclair, New Jersey, just to go to the Murray Hill Diner, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. No, maybe I might. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they have an entire page on this menu just for baked potatoes. Yeah, this is unreal. Potato. I've never seen this. This is insane. They have a whole page of triple decker sandwiches. <laughs> this is, they have this a is whole... unreal. You guys I, thought I was kidding. This crazy. is crazy. Crazy. That's why I go every day. I go every day. It's an unbelievable eating event. I swear to God. You could go every day for a year and still not <laughs> get the same thing twice. Well, that is great. What's uh, <laughs> How many chefs do they have there? I don't oh, know. I know. Oh, I, no, I got to tell you, I see like 20 guys over there. Like 20, literally. Yeah, the kitchen's right. got to be the whole length of the diner. <laughs> <laughs> we well, need a Yugoslavian meal. Get it over here. Plenty of traffic in the kitchen. How about on the roads today, Joseph? Well, some good news in central New Jersey. Southbound 287, right by exit 2, a disabled vehicle. That's in the right lane. You're backed up uh, through exit 7. Then on the northbound side of 287, up in the Morristown area by Lafayette Avenue, exit 36. Uh, an accident with the debris spill. That continues. Now, if you're on to uh, 278 New Jersey, which I'm uh, sorry, Queens, which is the southbound side of uh, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, right at Queens Boulevard. Truck car accident, center lane out, cross island northbound, right by Belmont Park. A one-car accident, that's being cleared. Jersey Transit, the 854 out of Trenton was canceled today, so that would still be out there. And Transit Authority, we still have delays on the 4, the 5, the C, the D, and the E. And alternate side is in effect today. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Heck of a job today, Joe, as always. You're the best in the business. You really are. Need a contestant for a SIDS take. It's a fun game. Macedonia Phil writes it every day. Brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Taking a contestant right now, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Today's theme... Thirsty Thursday. No, 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 no. We no. changed it. It's a three for Thursday. Remember that we got three hints. Oh, I like this. We I like last this. Week. I think it, I think it's a little better. It is better. Okay. Three for Thursday. Written by Phil. Hosted by Justin Ellick. About to come your way. Sid's take. Sid's take. Sid's take, yeah! Good luck. <laughs> it's Sid's take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, Why did you do why that? You don't. Blue. Why would you Don't do that? Blue. I'm going to slink away. God. Sorry. Somebody get him out. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Justin Alec, you're your host for the 
Sid's Take Contest. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters, you got to go. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Because they're America's best-built boilers, plain and simple. Great Pete Morgan. Our contestant for the game today, Todd, is out in Westchester. What's going on, Toddy boy? How you doing, guys? Where are you from in Westchester, Todd? Uh, town called Bronxville. What's that? Bronxville? Yeah, Bronxville, yeah. Are you on speakerphone? I am. You want me to take it off? Yes. Yes. Okay, now I am not. Ah, and look at you. You yeah. sound like a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> Funny how that works. Anyway, Todd, uh, I grew up in Chappaqua. How about that? Ah, nice area. Yeah. I think uh, Todd didn't ask where you grew up, though. No, he didn't. But why don't you do your job and get our contestants to not have it, the speakerphone on, Phil? Oh, he was ready for you. Whoa. Oh, bullets flying. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not Todd's <laughs> fault. How is he supposed to know? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying, Todd? I got you. All I right. got you. You ready for I the game? Too. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> don't, don't blame Lou. Don't blame Lou now. No, I, right. I know Lou. I used to work for Lou, so I, I haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Where's that $10 you owe me, then? <laughs> Todd. <laughs> All right, uh, Todd, our theme today, our alliteration, if you will, three for Thursday. I'll give you three hints of anything, just about anything out there, and uh, you'll, you'll have to tell me what I'm thinking of, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Number one. Small Waste, Nashville, Tennessee, and Jolene. Uh, Dolly Park. Hey, now. Very good start, Tom. One for one. Number two, Tony Danza, Judd Hirsch, Danny DeVito. Taxi. Oh. Two for two, Todd. Off to a hot start. Number three, Judge Janine Pirro. Cindy Adams and Dick Morris. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, bye. No idea. All right. No idea. I was thinking of WABC weekend hosts. Ah. Todd doesn't listen on the weekends, apparently. Todd, you got to tune in. We got some good programming on the weekends. Hey, now. Yeah. Plug. I wonder if Dick Morris is listening. (laughs) Just joking. Highly doubtful. (laughs) Two two for three, Todd. On to number four. Back on the wagon here. Chipper Jones, Matt Ryan, Dominique Wilkins. Uh, They all played for Atlanta Sports. Very good, Todd. Three for four. On to number five. End on a high note. Gung Fung Wong. Chu Hung, you lie. Bless you. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Ooh. just give up now, Todd. Yeah, this is in the weeds. Todd, Todd yeah, just, no just idea. Just so you don't know. No idea. Yeah. Chinese bakeries in New York <laughs> would be the correct answer. Welcome, right. to, welcome to Phil's world. Yeah. <laughs> somebody go rain in. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Somebody Sam. go rain in our uh, radio host here. He's on his way back in. He looks fantastic today in his tight sweater, V-neck. It looks good. This goes of a moon. What's that made out sweater. of? Is that cotton? Wool? Cashmere. Cashmere. Oh, it's cashmere. Yeah. There you go. You said You're it. all over it. I'm all over it. You are a fashion expert. And look, now he's like flexing his pecs. He thinks. He's no, I'm not doing any of that. Oh, actually. you're not doing. Why was uh, Jalen Brunson wearing an Eagles jersey? Showing up at the garden yesterday like a real doucheface. Well, that doesn't make him a doucheface. He, he, he went to Villanova. Villanova. New York. I don't care. He's playing for New York. I'm playing the Eagles on Saturday. Yeah. Well, maybe he was trying to just um, make a statement. What was his statement? 
that, uh, that I'm a jerk off. No, that no matter how much you want to hype it up, the, yeah, the Giants that's just. That's uh, right there. Yeah. He's an Eagles fan though. Giants He's been repping them hard all year. Very literally, have yeah. no shot. Oh, just, oh they have no they shot. Just have no shot. Okay, fine. Okay, oh, all right. It's fine. Want to make a bet? No. Okay, here's the deal. If the Giants win, I just win, said no though. I just, yeah, I but you're not in charge. I'm in charge. So if the Giants <laughs> win, who does sports that'll really annoy you? Who like who do you like? Oh, uh, Phil. You hate Bill. That, that's it. Don't easy. put more work on me. I'm easy. <laughs> this is what I asked for. You're going to yeah. make me do more work as punishment I'm for him? Pissed. Yeah, no, but you would get mad because you, you, you're you good at the sports. You like it. And then he'd start to get some of the praise that you get. You don't want that. I'll do, do a friendly wager with you. We can talk about it after the show. Okay, fine. If, huh? if the it. Giants lose, Sid has to shave his head. Right. How about oh, that? Wait, I like that. Great. So that's very good. Good. How about that? Or you just give me your next paycheck. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you got to call Danielle. Yeah, get it from her. That'll that'll dig me out of the uh, colossal ditch I'm in. No, right it wouldn't even help you. You're in so much. You're in no, you're yeah, in yeah, so you're, much. You're you're cause it won't even help I mean, him. That would not help you. Oh, let's play. I'm gonna get what to win the game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I forgot. What did he get? Uh, three for five. He got no. one, two. He went. He went three. Yeah, went three for five. Three for five. Let's do it. All right, you ready? Yeah. So I gave you. I give you three hints. You got to guess what I'm thinking of. All right. Yeah. Small waist. Nashville, Tennessee, Jolene. Dolly Parton? Yeah. Spectacular. Only because of Jolene. How do you not say big boobs? She's known for her prestices. I can't say that. You I can't, can't? I can't write that down. I think I just said it. Right. She's not Nashville, Tennessee. You know, that's like her uh, There's thing. a million country sauce from Nashville, Tennessee, but, but only she one has, has Dolly, Dolly Land. Dolly Land, okay. whatever it's called. All right. Dolly All right, one for one. Oh, my God, yeah. you got the question. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. start nonetheless. Jeez. <laughs> Number two. Tony Danza, Judd Hirsch, Danny DeVito. Taxi, taxi. Very good. Two for two. I liked uh, Jeff Conaway. He played Kanicki in Greece. And then he became this this bust out druggie worse than me. And then Dr. Drew put him on his show like every week. What a jerk Dr. Drew is. And then he died. Yeah. He just died. He was in a wheelchair. He fell over. He died. What are you going to so do? So he kills people like you do. He does. Dr. That's Drew, great. yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? Life begins who just, was just the, to end. Who boys. was the hot <laughs> chick on the show Taxi, Phil? And she has a big Lisa memory. She has a memory uh, yes, thing. She, she does. She can, re- she can like, she, 200 people in an audience will know everybody's name. She remembers everything that's Correct. ever happened and in life. And I think life. John Travolta banged her in real life. Yeah, I think so, too. And oh. you banged John Travolta, so <laughs> six degrees of separation. Who are we looking for, Phil? Come on, Phil. What is this? Uh, beat... Yeah, just give Phil. us the answer, Phil. Uh, uh, Lisa Bonet. That's right. All right. Very good. No. Very good, Phil. No. The answer uh, tomorrow. Answer tomorrow. You get no credit for that Mary answer. Mary Lou Henner is Oh, that's what I was going to say. Now. Yeah, let's go. Get sure. it. All right, number three. <laughs> Judge Jeanine Pirro. Yeah. Cindy Adams. Dick Morris. Sundays at WABC? I don't Mm. What do you mean? Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, she's on Saturday, Cindy. I'm gonna get. I say, give it to. Yeah, her. you're my friend. Weekends at ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit it again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, it was weekend. Uh, WABC weekend hosts. Oh, you're gonna to say Trump back. lovers? All three are Trump lovers. Yeah. Well, but they all work here. They all work here. There yeah. you go. All right, I got it. Uh, all right, three for three. <laughs> well, I don't know any of these shows. How so. about this one? Frank Russo. Yeah, Lydia, I don't, I don't Juliet Hutt. Okay. Right. Yeah. Don't work here. That's, that's, <laughs> God. Wow. Don't work here. And soon you can add us to the right. list. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, right. Number four. Three yeah. for three. Yeah. Need this one to win. All right, I'm going to win. Chipper Jones, Matt Ryan, Dominique Wilkins. These are all athletes... That played home games in Atlanta. Hey, Braves, yeah. Hawks, 
and yeah. Falcons. Yes. You looked at the Thrashers. You know my friend Scott Farrell was once the voice of well, the Atlanta Thrashers. Well, they're not a team. They're not a team. No, they're not anymore. You're right. Oh. Yeah. So. Farrell. Yeah, by the bench. They, they probably had the nicest jerseys in the league, too. They were nice. How can I be the man? All right, number man? five to go <laughs> in an attempt to uh, go perfect. Yeah. Gung Fung Wong. You got to start over right, right away. No, no, no. What did he do? No, no, no. Why, it's no. going to help you if, no. you can, if he uh, pronounces it right? Chinese bakeries. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, Are you From downtown, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Oh, Give oh, the perfect, perfect day at the dish. <laughs> With that answer. We'll wow. come back and wrap things up. Oh, right my God. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, we're done. I got to walk like eight blocks at a tanning salon now in the rain, but I got to do what I got to do. Hey, a great show. All the guests today, four great guests, and certainly you guys, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Macedonia, Bill, Deb Valentine, Noam, the whole crew was outstanding today. That was fun. Wasn't that fun, Phil? I had fun today. You're, look, you're, you're like happy. Yeah. I know, Lewis. I can't believe it. I, I had fun it. today. Listen, fun. Really, if you want, every day we could talk about Chinese bakeries and diners. I'm good with that. <laughs> Listen, we can do this every day. All right. Uh, great job, all you guys. Do it again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on a Friday morning. I'll see you folks later on tonight at Madison Square Garden. Me and Danielle, Rangers and Bruins. So until 6 a.m. tomorrow from all of us. On sitting friends in the morning to all of you. Peace! Go get him, Dolly. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save you money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Kevin speaks with every new client. Your call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or visit Lang. I- INS.com.